0: Oh! I'm a normal looking at me myself. You know what I'm talking about? I've been in the games of life. It's a privilege and an honor to walk out with only Addison, like Luga, in the homeland of all night. I am not a happy camper. What is Bully Ray's motivation? You no, know, I love you. I know he loves sugar. I check my pocket. I don't have no donuts. I don't have no cheeseburger. I know you love sugar, but I ain't got none. To be the man, you got to beat the man. And I'm saying, whoo, right here in Nashville, Tennessee, pal. I'm the man.
1: at a match for the total package like sugar and super Bowl. Super Saturday, what is it? I don't even know what it's called. What is it called? Super
0: Brawl Saturday. Super Brawl Saturday? You don't lose faith in winners. And Ric Flair day in and day out. Every day of his life. Just keep winning and winning and winning. Ric Flair! (laughs) New York City Ric Flair! You're gonna find out what hard is all about. I do exactly what I want to do. You say I'm insane. I say thank you very much.
1: Make it. Make it. Make it. Uh, I do, don't just enjoy it. I s- hate
0: dogs. S- s- Hit the dogs. We love you, Scott. We love Today, Woo! I've got the star and profile like never before.
2: You guys talk about being students of the game. I am the game, JR. definitely a uh, generic rocky like a hurricane definitely most definitely is uh, oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah that that that's definitely definitely what that is anyway what is going on everybody <laughs> excuse me everybody it is wednesday night it is dirt Dudes. i am boxman i hope you are doing well uh of course right across from me sitting there waiting to get started is mark my man what is up sir Oh, what is going on, good sir? How are you this evening? Not bad. Still got a little background noise there. If you want to do a little, a little, a little left, maybe a little right. I don't know. Maybe uh, there's some sort of a dance or a jig here. You're suggesting maybe 45 degrees that way, or uh, maybe 22 degrees to the right and uh, just a little bit back. The, right, right there.
1: There we
2: go. What was that? 24 degrees.
1: Well, it's just,
2: it's a jump to the left and then a step to the right. Oh, I thought it might have been, you know, 220, 221, whatever it takes, you know. Uh,
1: That's right. There we go. I am very, just holding on to the antenna, jiggling it around a bit, hoping for the best. I picked up a little bit of blurry Cinemax earlier.
2: Ooh, there you go. Rock the bunny ears. There you go. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. See if I can, I can adjust a little bit and help out just a little bit there. That might help. It did help. All right, so there we go. Still got a little bit. The uh, mixler should filter it out, sir. But uh, yeah, yeah, not uh, had a healthy week of wrestling. Got another one coming up this week with uh, Hell in a Cell. Smark. My God, what are they doing to us, man? It's like, how, how am I supposed to keep up with all this? I, I do have a life. I mean, <laughs> you know. Well, that was your first mistake. I know, I mean, I, I got a job, I got a wife, I got kids, I got a. I a my dog, my wife got fish. I and mean, it's just, god damn it.
1: Oh, look at Mr. Big over here. I have people that love me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, I just I just said they were here. I didn't say they loved <laughs> me. I mean.
1: Good point, good point.
2: I mean, let's not go as far as to, uh, you know put labels on people. Here's Mark. Um, you know, can't do that. You need consent. Big, big thing. Now consent for everything. Uh, so. mm-hmm. 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 Anyway, I think we're going to consent to doing the plugs and keep rolling on from there. Then we will get into some wrestling. We've got some good news. And a little bit of depressing news. That's smart. Uh, I'm glad you posted that. I had forgotten about that with uh, Mr. West over there. So let me go ahead and get some music playing here, real quick. And we will go ahead and knock out these plugs and get into the wrestling. All right. We've got the High Marks. You know who it is. It's Cheese Man. It's Mojo. It's OG Wiz. You want to be checking out the High Marks over there. Mixler.com slash Metal Mitt Network. Uh, you know there's two T's in Mitt. So go ahead and make sure you type on Mixer.com, slash Metal Mitt Network, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. And that is on Sunday nights. And, of course, always a big shout-out to the Bobby Anthem, the Bobby Blades, the Inhumans over there on the Inhuman Experience. Definitely go over, subscribe to them, binge listen. Like I said last week, digest it. Drink it in, you'll love it. Find them on all the user podcast platforms, and of course the Everything Unscripted Wrestling Podcast. Eric, Doug, and Daniel always over there having a great time. Check them out all the user podcast platforms and Blog Talk Radio. And Steve Milan always out there sharing this show, and we do appreciate it. Find him over there reviewing movies. Letterboxd. dot slash Stephen Milan. Make sure you put two L's when you type that last name. And you can always find us on Spreaker. You can find us on Hey Facebook. You can even email us, dirtsheet2.gmail.com, uh, and you can always find us on Stitcher, iHeart, Google, TuneIn, Player, Anchor, YouTube, everywhere you find wrestling. Go for it.
1: That's right, Mondays 8.30 on the Middle Mid Podcast Network. Cheese on Sports with the Cheese Man. Sundays, 10.30 a.m. on the Middle Mid Podcast Network. Mojo and Dirk with the Modirk Steam Machine Guns. They're actually on a little bit earlier today, too, so you might want to check that out. Also on the Middle Mid Podcast Network on the old Mixler Machine. And last but not least, I am exuberant to tell you about our friends at pullman On Tour, it's a Planet Rock On Tour podcast, probably paid by the Anthem, and Yuck Nasty. Now, I've been telling you to subscribe for season two, and many of you have heeded my warnings, but if you have not, now is the time to act, because it is finally here. Season two dropped this week, so go and check it out.
2: Oh, shit. Hell yeah. Go check that out. By the way, that was perfect. Perfect placement of wherever you were, because those R's came through, finally. I heard them. They were beautiful. They were, they flowed, they rolled. Smark, it was like a goddamn waterfall of ours. I loved it. It was beautiful. Beautiful, sir. Very
1: nice. Um, My face is essentially plastered against the computer screen, but we'll make that work.
2: (laughs) Put a windscreen over it, bro. A, mm. Put like a, like a plastic
1: bag, like a garbage bag, or something, and like poke some holes in it. See if that'll work.
2: Okay, that was a makeshift something else. Don't do that. That that, that doesn't really, that doesn't really work. And you, no, no, that's not 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 a good idea. Hands on that shit. Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> anyway, Uh now we can get on with the rest. And like I said, we've got some good news. We've got a little bit of bad news, but we're gonna start with the good news and the good news would be uh, i believe this was yesterday morning uh, there were all kinds of congratulations going out to renee packet you might know her as renee young and of course mr john moxley they have had a little a baby girl indeed, indeed. Looking at, yes looking to see if they have a name in here um a little worried i mean her mom named her podcast oral sessions um (laughs) mouth hug jones right now as of this article i'm reading from yesterday it's just baby girl is officially here so definitely congratulations to them uh it's a really cool thing this is their first kid i believe so yeah really cool for them It, it is actually i know this is moxley's first child so boy moxley with a baby girl does something, mm, it's karma. <laughs> they say your kids are going to be just as wild as you were and most of the time double. They're going to have their hands full of those two.
1: Well, I feel a little bit bad for the kid because he's already going to be like 12 steps ahead of any sort of mischief she might have planned later on in life because he's uh. done damn near everything.
2: Yeah, going to be hard to get away with shit when you've got uh, old Moxley for a daddy over there. So, I don't know, man. Pretty uh, pretty cool. Definitely congratulations to them. Like I said, I wanted to start off with a little good news. We've been starting off most weeks lately with some shitty news or something just not good. Finally nice to start off with some good news for somebody. So don't expect to see Moxley, I would say, for a couple weeks, maybe, maybe even a couple of months. Uh, but uh, there you go. Uh, not really much more to say on that. What about you?
1: No, they they did announce on AEW it was last week that the attack on the, from the Young Bucks put him out of action for an undisclosed amount of time. So he's been written off television for however long he's going to need to be out for.
2: Ah, spend the do those first few those first few weeks are uh, man, they're all about mom first of all. So he's not going to be able to do much except uh, just make sure she doesn't lose her fucking mind. That's pretty much what you do in the first few weeks. Even the first month, basically, that's what you do. Hmm. Not much you can really do. It's all about mama. Especially if they're breastfeeding. Nothing you can do. Right. <laughs> you know, you're, you're, you're at a disadvantage. You got nothing you can do. So, what? you know, what else? Um, anyway, speaking of fathers, Smark. Yeah. Oh, Tony Khan's father. Shahid, uh, Shahid, I believe is the name, Shahid Khan, uh, talked about AEW. He admitted AEW did not seem like a good idea at all. In the beginning, his quote to Forbes was, I absolutely didn't think this was a good idea, but I told Tony, look, when I'm dead and gone, I'm going to be leaving you and your sister a lot of money. So why don't you blow some of that while I'm alive? Can you just imagine being so rich that it's like, yeah, if you lose the money, you lose the money. We'll make more. Mm-hmm.
1: It, it's very interesting because it's like, I, I've never seen somebody say it in such a transparent way that they just don't have faith in any of their kids' business endeavors. Where it's like, oh, you guys are going to fucking fail, but I got so much money, I don't care.
2: <laughs> we can afford
1: failure. We have failure money
2: (laughs) That's fuck you money right there dude Mm -hmm. That is fuck you money When you can fail and still be like You know what we're still thinking rich (laughs) That's fuck you money And what's
1: particularly great about this is, A, he didn't have to say this. He didn't have to say that he had zero faith that this was actually going to work out. Like, you were not under oath here. You didn't have to say that. But then what I also appreciate is just sort of the idea and I'm sort of – oh, I can see I read the article and I kept waiting for, like, the but. I was like, okay, when's the butt coming? Because he's like, I, I thought this was a stupid idea. I thought this wouldn't work out. And I was like, okay, the butt's coming soon, right? The butt never came. <laughs> I was just like, I thought no. this was stupid. Well, then what happened? No, no, I, I still I still think this is stupid.
2: Yeah, no, 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 no. there wasn't. this. Li- now, he did say in the beginning. He's probably thinking it's a little better now. There. I mean, there's been articles coming out that these guys are in the red um, due to a lot of things going on, TV deals, and uh, a lot of other things going on. Uh, they have, you know, I mean, they're doing a ton. These people are putting out fucking wrestling buddies, Mark.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I heard that they have a lot of money tucked away into a video
2: game that's coming on the future. The video game is definitely a big plus for them, but the, I mean, they have wrestling buddies. They literally put out wrestling buddies. You can get uh, Cody Rhodes, Kenny Omega, Darby Allen, and Lucha Luchasaurus. Yes. Oh boy. yes, you can. That's right. So if you want to check the Amazon, you can get them right there. And of course, shop AEW.com. I got to tell you, they actually look pretty cool. The uh, Darby Allen one is actually kind of cool. The Kenny Omega one looks a little, a little weird. Um, the Cody one. Cody looks like he's got a Hulk Hogan body, <laughs> but... If you look Of course,
1: because he was the one in charge of just kinding it.
2: But if you look at the picture, the first two abs on him just look like a big, fat pair of balls. Uh, <laughs> whereas the other guys actually look ripped. And Cody just looks like he has a pair of balls sitting underneath his boobies. Uh, but they put the dream tattoo on him and... You know, Darby's got all his tattoos and the face half-painted, the white hair. I, I think, uh, and the Luchasaurus, uh, they're actually pretty cool. I mean, I'd get them for my kids, of course, only for my kids.
1: Right, I understand. You right. would not collect them for your own.
2: Yeah, now there's. Uh, looks like that's the, um, that is the unmatched, or no, I'm sorry, that is the official Wrestling Buddies. There's going to be more coming out. They're having everybody. Britt Baker. Oh, the Britt Baker one. Oh, I don't even want to think what people are going to do with these women ones. Uh, oh, the Anna J. Oh, you know what? Let's just stop right there. Uh, <laughs> oh, they're going to have plenty of them coming out, people. Are they going to come with cleaning cloths? <laughs> they are cleaning cloths, cloths Mark. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that, that is true, yes. Machine washable Anna J. Dow.
2: Mom, I know there's a hole in it. Don't throw it away.
1: <laughs> it's not what Kung Fu Grip is for, Timmy.
2: It's my Aunt J doll. I need that to sleep uh, with. Uh, you know, <laughs> around. I mean. <laughs> oh God. Anyway. <laughs> Oh, right. Let's just stop that article right now. But, yeah, I I did think this was funny what Tony Khan said. Um, Like I said, I'm sure he's changing his mind. These guys are doing very well. Uh, For a company, any company, to be in the red after less than five years, honestly. Honestly, five years is really what it takes to get most companies up, running, pay off your debts, pay off this, that. For, and especially an entertainment company, a little shit company that got off the ground to be in the red right now is pretty fucking good. Mm-hmm. Pretty good. So I'm sure uh, Mr. Shahid Khan is uh, probably pretty proud of his son at this point, even though he's kind of a goofball. Um. I guess you can't hold that against him, right?
1: No, not at all.
2: No, not really, not really. Let's see, you got one, two, three, all right, three, all right, let's um. Let's do, I got one more AEW one here, now, this is actually an AEW, and it's also gonna bring us into a WWE, now Smart, I've got a couple of uh, headlines I'm gonna read you, just to see if you can spot the problem, Smart, let's call this the spot the problem uh, little, you know, part of the show here, you ready?
1: A long-time fan favorite
2: segment, Spot the Problem. Spot the Problem. You ready? Okay. AEW live event tickets selling faster than WWE in some cities. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Number one, that is coming from, uh, let's see, ProWrestlingNewsHub.com. Then I go over here to Yahoo Finance. WWE see strong ticket sales as it gets back to live touring, according to Stephanie McMahon.
1: very interesting caveat. That sounds a lot like the story we were reading last week about the twins, so they didn't want to raise their kid in front of the television on the reality show, and then Nick liked to mention that the reality show hasn't been picked up either.
2: Yeah, now there was actually a quote by Dave Meltzer saying that WWE's ticket sales right now are scary bad. Scary bad. Those were the the quotes by uh, the, the, the actual two words that Dave Meltzer used. Um, now, I did have to add in that last little part. That is what Stephanie McMahon said. Her quote was, we've seen excellent results so far. We are definitely tracking way ahead of where we were last time. Uh, we were in. <laughs> when
1: there was no people in the arena. <laughs> yeah, it's very good.
2: Last time we were in market for these events, said McMahon. Oh, shit. Um, fundamentals are strong. She's saying, "Listen, I know they're making good money, but uh, the, right now their ticket sales are just really not that good. They're, they're they're really not that good. I could, I I didn't realize that I could actually play that. I would have liked to have uh, actually played that, but no, 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 no. Let's not let's not even bother. But yeah, so like I said, one article here." Um, does that right there. According to Dave Meltzer, tickets for these first few shows have been selling well, uh, which we know is the Dallas, the Texas, and the uh those shows. The other cities, uh, in WWE's upcoming tour, Pennsylvania, Florida, Ohio, Minnesota. Oh, yeah, for sure. Missouri, Wisconsin, Michigan, and North Carolina have not been selling well. Mr. Meltzer mentioned on a recent episode or edition, it says, of the Wrestling Observer radio program that when it comes to the amounts of tickets sold, WWE is behind AEW. Meltzer also noted that aside from the July 16th SmackDown show, Money in the Bank pay-per-view, and the July 18th and 19th Raw shows, um, that all the other shows, and this is where he says, uh, WWE's live tour has been scary bad with many of the shows selling under 2,000 tickets so far. So, we have to ask ourselves, Smart? Yes. Do you believe Meltzer? Or do you believe Stephanie McMahon, who talked to Yahoo Finance? Hmm. Hmm. Uh yeah, that's
1: really, really a tough decision, but
2: I'm probably gonna go ahead with Meltzer
1: on this one. Ooh, man, you think? Maybe, just maybe.
2: I mean, really, you think? All right, you know what? Let's go with Meltzer on this one. I, I, I really hate to do it, but I, I think we have to here. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna go with Meltzer too on this one. So, all right, I, I just, I just thought that'd be a fun little segment of the show there. Uh, oh, look, chat room is, is. is very confused on which one to believe. I mean, Dave Meltzer is usually right about 20% of the time over, like, a year. And Stephanie is a company... whoa. So I mean, I don't know what else to this say. This is
1: correct. I I, now, I believe that she believes what she's saying. I just believe that her vision of reality is sort of conflicts with everyone else's version of reality.
2: A little skewed is what you're saying. That's right. Uh could be, could be, definitely could be. But uh, yeah, I thought that was uh, I thought that was kind of funny how those two articles basically popped up on my feed. At, like right behind each other and I was like this is interesting uh, <laughs> there you go that was fun fun little segment there alright I think we think we're narrowed down a lot right there um, speaking of WWE and morals and uh, not being a greedy company WWE is uh, reportedly su- uh, supposed to be going back to Saudi Arabia in November No oh boy <laughs> Uh, no date's been locked in yet, but it definitely looks like November is going to be when they come back and go to, uh, or go back and go to the Saudi, uh, uh, Arabia. They are actually, Saudi's already sort of not promoting it, but saying that WWE is coming back. So there you go. Gonna have another blood money show. What do you think of that?
1: boy, I cannot look forward to anything else with any more fiber of my being than this. Mm. I look forward to going into great detail about every minute thing that happens on this show. You know I'm looking forward to it.
2: everything going on over there, you know the Middle East and everywhere else. just what a time. Right around the holidays, mm. great time to go back to Saudi Arabia. <laughs> The, the perfect stocking
1: stuffer, if you will.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Anyway, Smart. Let's go ahead and... Uh, you got a few here. Grab something. Do something. Have I do fun. have a few. Well I, well, I will, yes, of course. Dig, dig in.
1: Uh, Ryan, well, since we're in WWE land, I'm going to go with this is from the New York Post It says WWE star Lana to quote spill the tea Ooh. I didn't know she was British on Vince McMahon after being silenced it says here former WWE star Lana has threatened to quote spill the tea at WWE chairman and CEO Vince McMahon's company after being quote silenced for years the Raish and resin was one of six wrestlers recently released by the billionaire she was axed. Along with Braun Strowman, Alistair Black, Buddy Murphy, Ruby Wright, and Santana Garrett, this news comes a year after her husband Rusev, now called around. Thank you for the update. Who is the TNT champion and rival promotion at AEW was also let go. Now the beautiful 36 year old Lana has spoken to her fans on Instagram Live about her exit, and she has promised that she will be opening up about her time in WWE, including quote standing up and speaking out on things that for years she's been silent about. Quote I can't wait to spill the tea because it's hot and delicious well then don't spill it you'll hurt someone i know i look forward to standing up and speaking out on things that for years i've been silent about she reiterated just redundant but there you go lana also mentioned how she cried after her release. Loser, while well, her husband did cartwheels because he was happy that she was fired. No, when he, when he was released, he did cartwheels. Fans will now be eagerly awaiting the moment Lana lets lose. Well, hold on now, tamper your expectations. Eagerly awaiting the moment Lana lets lose on WWE. As she suggested, she had a number of negative stories she wants to whistle blow on, in her words. So there you go.
2: Really? Little whistleblowing going on. Hmm. You know what that means. Oh, yeah. Will she be doing her blowing on the uh, oral session show? I. Maybe. Possibly. That could happen. That could happen. Anything can happen on the oral session show. I'd assume she's taking. I think she said she's going to take a little break from the show. Uh, which I don't blame her. Like, she's going to be exhausted. But, um, yeah, so she's going to spill the tea. I guess she's too good for beans. Uh, They're Very good source of fiber, though. Really, really, really really good. Indeed. Um, But she's going to spill the tea. It's hot. It's delicious. Um, What could she really have to say that's going to put, I mean, really put this company... Okay, I mean, oh, this company has no morals. And? Oh, this company... (laughs) (laughs) Uh, this company treated him like shit, and this is all shit we fucking heard before.
1: Yes, we we j- literally just got done talking about them returning to Saudi Arabia.
2: I mean, literally, <laughs> what is she going to say? I mean, it, it, if she has stories about like you know, uh, you know, sexual harassment or something like that, that could do something to him. But uh, seriously, that won't either. WWE is fucking Teflon. They're Teflon. Exactly. Die, please. Nothing. Honestly, I'm, there's nothing she can say that, I'm pro- that I don't think we're all going to be like, <gasps> no, they didn't. They told her she couldn't do a character. <gasps> Condemn them. That's it. Boycott.
1: Maybe she'll tell us that as a Christian, her early brothers.
2: Uh, oh, huh? My God, if you live in Connecticut, go protest outside their office. Mm-hmm. Take pictures. Please. Hold up dirt dude signs. Make sure signs. you bring your
1: bucket with piss shit milk. <laughs> hold,
2: hold, hold up dirt cheap dude signs, please. <laughs> yes,
1: yeah, so should, should you get arrested from WWE headquarters, we'd appreciate it if, you know, you screamed the name of our show towards the video camera of the television network that covers
2: your arrest. There you go. Please, please. Absolutely. Absolutely. We will start a GoFundMe for your uh, your release most definitely. But um yeah, smart, I mean really. What what could she say that would like blow the roof off the company? Exactly. Exactly. Nothing. Nothing. All right, Dirk, we're talking about Lana here. Anyway. <laughs> I don't- why are they talking, are they, are they talking about fucking White Claw in this goddamn chat room? mm
1: mm-hmm. it, It's very interesting considering, like, the age demographic of aforementioned uh,
2: chat No, You room. know, everything was fine until you all started drinking that froofy little seltzer beer shit. Suddenly, now, look what's going on in the world. Look what happened. Look what you floofy little fuckers did. White Claw, who you Tony fucking Khan, Joey Janella, wearing See, skinny I will for jeans. always and
1: forever blame the uh, uptick of eating booty to be the the reason behind the pandemic. Really, oh. you guys start putting your tongue in any old orifice, and next thing you know, everybody's got fucking bird flu.
2: Well, I'm not going to give my thoughts on this, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I don't You're going think to abstain. But I, I, you, and, and you can't call it anything but the coronavirus, Mark, or COVID. That, that's it. You cannot call it that. Whatever you just called it, you can't call it that. Well, you see, I call it the Chinese flu because no, 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 no. And you called it the bird flu. You are insulting birds who do not have any disease and are just trying to make a living and fly in the air, Mark.
1: Mm, I see. I see. Oh,
2: son of a bitch. Don't you understand this 2021 thing? My apologies
1: to Summer Ray and any other flying mammals that are listening to this show.
2: There you go again. (laughs) See? Now you're... I'm not even sure what the fuck you're doing at this point. But anyway, um, let's just move on from this article. Lana can't say anything that's going to surprise the fuck out of me. Um, You know what? Let's play this goddamn little video here. Let's let's play it, Smart. Let's do it. Let's go. Well, folks, you've always wondered what's Nick Gage going to do next. Did you ever think you'd see Nick Gage in a television commercial? Neither did I. But it looks like he's doing one for a place called Cluck U in Red Bank. I believe that's uh, Red Bank's jersey, right? Yeah, it sure is. It's New Jersey. There you go. So, 59 seconds. I think you understand what's going on here. I'll, uh, if you, you know... We'll do what we need to do, but uh, this is for a chicken place, obviously. Cluck you sounds like a restaurant that would be in a Grand Theft Auto game. Uh,
1: I think I think they call it Cluck and Bell in Grand Theft Auto. Cluck and Bell, or that might have been Saints Row. I can't remember, but I think it was Grand Theft Auto. You're
2: right, Cluck and Bell. Cluck and Bell. So, and uh, here we go. Let's play it. Come on,
1: man. Why do we keep buying this chicken? Keep keeps getting worse and worse every single time. Why you
0: motherfuckers eating that food, blue trash? The man the best. The man clocked
1: you! Why you wasting a nice table like that with f***ing food like this, motherfucker? Murder, death, clock! Like spice? Yeah, we this. Somebody from uh, call, don't want uh, 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 uh. Andrew from Red Bank here, and for the best chicken in all of New Jersey, demand the, the best. The man, clock you, empty all day.
2: Okay, I just want to say the guy at the end looks. More New Jersey than New Jersey. (laughs) I I, I don't know if that's possible, but that I mean, when I think of New Jersey, that's the guy I think of when literally, if you took New Jersey in Wikipedia and put that guy's picture, everyone would go, Hey, look, is that, that that's Jersey right there. That's Jersey. All right.
1: (laughs) Does as though pollution and roadside garbage became a sentient being and he stood before you. I will say I would give him a, I will give him a lot of credit for being willing, willing to take a light tube shot for his business commercial. I will also say it was a very curious choice to make Nick Gage the next Colonel Sanders, but it seems like it's working out for them.
2: I mean, yeah. I mean, look, the place is, the, the, the guy is, is, like I said, the place is called Cluck You. He's throwing food around. He's breaking light tubes over his head. I loved how he uh, edited M.D.K. all day.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: M.D.K. all day. It's usually M.D.K. all fucking day. Somebody in the comment
1: section said that it must have taken him at least like twenty takes to get it right.
2: I don't know, but you know the the the, the light tube shot the other guy. He had a shirt on. No, this is true. I mean, uh, well, by the way, thank God. <laughs> well now. I mean I
1: mean you know, he was getting the point over that he had, you know, nice big breasts. That that's what you want out of, out of your chicken.
2: Yeah, I mean this guy looks like he's been eating chicken for a long time. Let's just say that. <laughs> um, that,
1: that that's actually that, that's a good point. Because, like, and I understand why they do this, but you get these commercials for all these fast food places and restaurants, you know, chain restaurants or whatever, and it's always these super thin people because the last thing they want is you to believe that if you eat, like, an entire pound of deep-fried onions that you're going to become overweight. We wouldn't at all want that out there. So you get a bunch of young, multi-diverse group of people eating whatever it is that they're eating in these commercials. I want a commercial where it's just fucking fat people. Like skinny people don't know what what's good food. I want people that look like me eating food and telling me how fucking good it is. Why do you think Dame Drops is popular?
2: I I do like that guy. I mean that guy's been mm-hmm. on getting on commercials and shit now, which I, I, I good for him, man. I remember seeing him just sitting in his car eating out eating fucking Little Caesars and shit, mm-hmm. making videos. But uh, great that he's getting some exposure out there. But uh, yeah, dude, it, it, the, this this I mean I would I would try to describe this guy to you. But <clears throat> um,
1: he, he looks like a guy that has a collection of replica belts.
2: Think the Penguin from Danny DeVito as the Penguin. Yeah. You know what? Let's just go with that. Let's just go with Danny DeVito as the Penguin. Think of that maybe an inch or two taller And about 30 pounds heavier. And a couple extra chins. Let's just stop there.
1: (laughs) I, I have now come to realize that calling somebody a young Danny DeVito is probably the biggest insult one can dole out.
2: Look, I don't mean any disrespect to Danny DeVito. <laughs> I'm just saying. It's true. I, I like this the guy. True. He's done some really good movies. I like the guy. I actually liked the one when he was, he was a good penguin, to be honest with you. Uh, but, uh, yeah, like I said before, this guy looks more New Jersey than New Jersey.
1: <laughs> this is true. This is true.
2: Uh, anyway, if you're in the Jersey area, 50 Water Street. Red Bank, New Jersey. Go stop by. Go stop by. Uh, Cluck you. Go ahead. Tell him. Tell him we sent you. Tell him Nick fucking Gage sent you. There you have it. Smash a light tube over him. And go, but Nick fucking Gage, man. Mdk. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. You weren't prepared. Okay. Twenty percent off. You blade in
1: front of the register.
2: Glad you had a shirt on. <laughs> we all are. We all are. Uh, okay, let's just smart. Just pick. Just 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 pick an article if we're done with that.
1: Just pick an article here. Of course, it was it was an interesting commercial, though I will say that
2: nine plus. They do a lot
1: of shows in Jersey, so that like opens up a potential opportunity for them to cater with GCW. So it's it's not a bad business move. Mm. GCW has a lot of like I said shows in New Jersey. They had I think their last show was in New Jersey. The the one that's coming up is for sure because they're doing a homecoming show. They had announced that uh, they're going to have Marco and shit like that on there. So there you go. Anyways, that was not stalling for time at all. But anyways, Eddie Kingston this is from Fightful.com had some things to say between the difference between AEW and WWE or the NXT brand at least, the difference between us and the competition is love that's that's always the secret ingredient isn't it, it is love
2: that's right all you need is love dun, 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 dun. no Beatles, no, not a fan, no Bunch of long haired hippies. Uh, well, you, you get jobs
1: and you go to Knob, you bunch of no goods. Anyways. Man, <laughs> the fuck, bro. <laughs> Never mind that they're British. Eh? It doesn't matter. Anyways, so this is, uh, this is, like, again, from Fightful. This is from Jeremy Lambert, Is the one in charge of, uh, Translating this interview <laughs> good for him doing a lot of hard work out there eddie kingston loves this business before kingston became one of the top stars in AEW, he spent nearly two decades building his name in the independent scene and going from promotion to promotion like many coming up in his era kingston worked for quote a hot dog and a handshake and he <laughs> believes <laughs> which means he worked for ian rodden that's the code for that <laughs> anyways <laughs> And DJ too, but he believes that grind separates AEW from the competition, and I will do my best to fight my urge to do my Eddie Kingston accent. But anyways, quote, a lot put their bodies on the line, some shorter than others, but we all did it, and we did it for the love of the sport. Not only just the entertainment part, but the sport part. We love it. If we did this for money, trust me, I would have been done a year and a half in. I had a good union job and was making 45 to $50 an hour. I would have just stayed there. But we love this. That's the difference between us and the competition. You can say I'm knocking them, but I'm speaking facts. They, got people, they get people at the PC who have done other things prior to wrestling, and they don't know anything about pro wrestling or the history they're going to come in our business in our sport tell someone who has been doing it this for almost 20 years that they're going to love pro wrestling i'm like fuck out of here would you love pro wrestling if you're in the car for 18 hours to drive just to get ring time get 15 dollars and drive home then do it again the next day or the weekend no so don't tell me you love it it's annoying it's easy to love something when you're getting paid well to do it braun strowman let's see what happens when you're not getting paid well and you're eating ramen noodles and peanut butter and you celebrate during the week when you get ground beef that's why i love aw because a lot of guys even the young guys they struggle you got to get you got to struggle to go forward in life without struggle and sacrifice there is no progress he said on busted open radio
2: Hmm. all right very nice very nice, you know all right that that made a little more sense as he uh as he was talking there uh and you know he I can't deny it he has been on the Indies for that long, he wouldn't do it, and I'll tell you what forty to fifty bucks an hour is a hell of a fucking job uh and a union job at that you will be there I mean you really gotta fuck up to lose a union job, man, and that's uh, right, you know that's that's good money right there man 40 45 to 50 an hour that's Jesus that's close to a hundred yeah. a year that that that's close to hundred a year right something like
1: that something I, like- I know he was like he had a construction job for him, I guess, when he very first started, which I mean who better to be a construction worker than any Kingston, but <laughs> I, I would very much like to just picture him just like living with like a little bindle on a stick and just like in, in a box car eating some beans. Just made himself <laughs> sound very nomadic. I appreciate the sacrifice. And he did grind, and he did hustle and sacrifice a shit, but it just he, he paints a very interesting picture with all of that. But he he's got a point. You do have a lot of people who they brought on that are just, you know, former bodybuilders, former football players, you know, whatever the case might be. Somebody like the head Kane Velasquez on there for like 20 minutes. Just people who aren't used to the same types of sacrifices that a lot of people that came up on the independent scene have been through.
2: Yeah, you know, at, at least let me give Kane Velasquez a little bit of uh, a little credit here. At least the guy's got an athletic background is true. At minimum, and I mean, most of the people they do hire still have an athletic type background, whether it's former football players. Which some take to it, some don't. We've seen we've seen greatness with some of them, and we've seen shit with some of them. Um, I mean, Jesus Christ, Ron Simmons, former football player, uh, Brock tried it, didn't like it. Um, mm. You know, bunch of guys, Roman. I never saw him play, but Roman. Um, and many more many more out there that I'm not mentioning but you know a lot of guys take to it but I definitely see where he's coming from though and I think you were right when you said a a Braun Strowman let's you know yeah it's easy to love it when you're getting paid very well to do it but like he's saying yeah let's let's see how much you love it when you're working for a fucking hot dog and a handshake like you said for DJ and Ian Mm. we've all heard the stories let's be honest sure it wasn't even a fucking not. I'm, I'm not even sure there was a bun oh yeah no I was gonna say it's
1: not like a ballpark Frank situation he definitely got the bar Z type hot dogs
2: I still remember and I I, 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 I you know gotta mention it I still remember Shaheen telling that story when he was at I think it was a uh, what was that uh, what was that um, turn him to death no something rising Extreme Rising or whatever it was. Yeah,
1: Extreme Rising was the show. I think that, I was, think that was the uh, Shane Douglas attempt at ECW reply. Yeah,
2: and they, I think that was the show he said that literally nothing worked. Like, they had nothing to eat. They were giving people, like, not even cooked hot dogs in buns to eat. And, like...
1: It's, I was like, here you go. Use a hot dog. Use a bun. You're going to have to go put these on your dashboard for a couple of minutes,
2: but they're totally edible. Here, shake my hand. There you go. You've worked tonight. Good job, boys. Good job. Go back to your seat. Go back to your seat. But uh, I think that's the show that he was talking about Um where they were doing that. Um It just, yeah. Listen, he's right though you can't deny that that's when you show how much you love it when you're on the Indies for twenty years, not oh Braun, I was living out of my car doing strong man contests on television, and look at me um I'm, I'm I'm a victim too i'm I'm struggling big man six foot five with three hundred and some pounds, okay, Braun. I mean literally you could walk into a bar and go, need a bouncer mm-hmm. You can walk into a club, need a bouncer? Walk into a strip club, need a bouncer? My God. Just like Eddie said, fuck out of here. Yep. I mean, exactly. Please, go ahead, Smart. I kind of ranted there for nah, a minute. And
1: I- and I mean, he he wasn't specifically talking about Braun and to be fair, I, that was a little bit of an editorial note, just for record keeping purposes. Oh, I'm just, but, just, um, just
2: an example that I that I agreed with you when you added it to the article. How's that? How's that? That's right.
1: That is true. Yeah. But that that did make me think about him, though, because it's like. I feel like with everything that's been going on, we've been talking about how much, like, the exorbitant fee that he charged independent companies to try to book him Stromman Because it seemed like he clearly had no intention of actually doing any indie dates. It seems like if he does end up going back, and it seems like he probably will at some point, people are going to know. Like, people are going to read this and people are going to know that he's basically just there for a paycheck and it's going to be hard for people to sort of authentically appreciate him and be able to get in his corner and cheer for him or give him any sort of reaction at all when we kind of know that he's just there for money.
2: Yeah, and I mean, I get being there for money. I mean, Kevin Nash used to say he was in the business just for money. No one gave a shit. No one gave a fuck. And still to this day, no one gives a shit.
1: Yes, but there's something about him that's like, charming despite the fact that you'd know that he's kind of a dickhead.
2: uh he's really big and no matter what he says you couldn't really d- do anything about it yeah there's that I mean, he's a big motherfucker man <laughs> oh
1: yeah I- I've met him in person he's he's a, he's a large fellow
2: a he looks like a giant human being so but uh yeah I mean there's that and yeah you're you're right the the bronze German Probably a, We probably shouldn't have just zoomed in on him because there's many guys who just kind of tried it and jumped in and couldn't hack it. I mean, you know? But, yeah, they're right, though. WWE is hiring guys out of much different things. Dude, look at Reginald. Cirque du Soleil. And AEW <clears> is bringing up these indie stars that have a indie name, letting them go on dark, letting them go on elevation. Giving them some sort of platform, because let's face it, these guys have had no platform for a year. Indie shows have been dead for a year and a half, dude, dead. Right. So, so if they can get a little TV or YouTube time on another show, good for them. And I, I don't know, man. I think Eddie basically spoke the truth in this, uh, this whole little rant of his. Sure, I
1: would agree with that. Yeah.
2: Yeah, so I guess we'll uh, rock on from that article a little bit. Now, Smark. We talked, I don't remember if it was last week or the week before, about a theft at the Thunderdome with uh, the uh, very 90s-looking boy band gentleman who stole stuff. Uh, Seamus has... uh, jumped on Twitter and said that uh, actually one of his items was stolen from the Yingling Center, and that was his uh, Celtic Cross. This pendant.
1: is correct. Yes, I
2: have seen this tweet. His, his uh, Celtic Cross pendant was uh, among the items stolen, so uh, there you go. That's uh, I'm really shocked they have not caught this fucking guy yet.
1: So do you think it'd be fair to say, given what we know about this, you just said that he stole Seamus's necklace. Would you be willing to say that it is it is a fair estimate that he was indeed after his lucky charm? Uh, ha, ha, ha,
2: ha,
1: ha, ha. That's uh, right. That's
2: right. That's quality right there.
1: Is yeah. what that is. it just makes me laugh because it's like of have all people, the fucking the Irishman. they stole the Irishman's gold.
2: They're magically yeah, they're magically gold. delicious, you know. That's mm-hmm. just what I've heard. Yeah. I actually used to eat those motherfuckers pretty much every day before school when I was like six and seven years old. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah,
1: they're not bad. They're not bad. I like them. The thing that's sort of interesting to me, though, is I wonder, this guy who broke in and stole some shit, because it seems like he stole a couple of other things from other people, but they just haven't really come out and admitted to it yet or whatever. We don't know the specifics. Right. But is it a matter of, is he a wrestling fan and he's stealing things that he thinks as a wrestling fan would be valuable or is he just an outsider and he's coming in and seeing all these props laying about and trying to parse what would actually be worth street value? Cause that would be, that's a way more interesting like scenario for me anyway.
2: Well, there's so many scenarios that are interesting in this. Number one, the fact they haven't, they have pictures of the guy and he has not been found to me. That is completely, that's interesting. That shows a lot for the, uh, Police out there in uh, Tampa, (laughs) obviously, because you've got pictures of the guy. Hey, y'all ain't got facial recognition? Call the FBI. They got that shit. Go ahead, man. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Call the FBI. Them dudes on Criminal Minds are good as fuck. Call them. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wait. Shamar Moore is on SWAT now. Can't do that. Can't do that. I actually just caught up on SWAT. Watched the last season here. Pretty good, uh, pretty good stuff, man. I like that show. Uh, I, number one, that they can't find the guy with pictures. They can't find him. No one knows who this guy is. And you're right. Is he a wrestling fan? And who in what fence out there buys stolen wrestling memorabilia? <laughs> well, his day with Bob
1: Weinstein. <laughs>
2: Oh, that guy. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, okay. I think we've uh, uncovered the. I think. Come and knock on his door.
1: It's just being him with a mustache.
2: Go and knock on his door. He's got I autographed really, dead I, wrestler memorabilia for you. I could have said something really bad there. All right. But uh, yeah. So Seamus, another guy lost his property. And I, I again, I, I just don't see how they can't find this fucking guy. They've got pictures. Pictures. Mm-hmm. It's been to, like two weeks now, and they can't find this guy. I, I'm, I'm dumbfounded. These are the worst. Someone call Sipowicz, please. Sipowitz will find him. It's a fun. It's a fun name to say, isn't it? Say it. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sipowitz. I know it's good, isn't it? It is. It's nice. It rolls. He was a bad motherfucker too, man. I'm telling you, you got to watch that show. I actually found a uh, really good app for uh, Firestick that uh, it is on. Actually, every goddamn show that I w- I've ever looked for is on there. Oh my god! I looked for. I'm like, "Hmm, I wonder if they got New York undercover. Boom! New York undercover. (gasps) No way! New York undercover. I'm gonna watch that shit.
1: Nice. Yeah, i I have the same kind of problems. I have a lot of different streaming apps at my disposal, and I have other places to go to find things. If I, you know, they're not included there, but it's always just a matter of deciding what it is that I want to watch, and then just like sitting down and actually watching it that causes a problem because it's just like right now I kind of want to watch a movie like when we're done here, but I don't know what
2: to watch. Well, this is a uh, Android app. Maybe I'll give you the name of it. Uh, I'll give you the name of it after the show. We can uh, I can sure. let you know how to. Uh, How to get it, but yeah, it's pretty bad. It has everything. Everything everything I looked for was on there. Every TV show, not just cop shows, every TV show I was looking for is on there. So pretty good little app. Uh I'll tell you off air what it is. But um yeah, let's uh let's let's hope they find this guy. They need to they need to call somebody in there to help out with this shit. But, uh, Smark, you got a couple more, and then we'll get into We only got three more, and then we'll knock out these reviews. Like I said, um, I'll, I'll, I'll explain about the reviews <laughs> when we get to them. But uh, let's go ahead. Go ahead, Smark. You got uh, Throw a Dart.
1: Sure. Well, I'm, I'm going to be a little a little bit strategic with this because this one's kind of a downer and then the next one's a little bit more cheerful. But this is from KPX, KPQ. I don't know why I wanted to say X, but KPQ.com. It's uh, mm-hmm. News Radio 560 mm-hmm. on your FM. I'm going to assume AM, on your AM demo. Yeah. It says, here is a letter written by Don West to provide an update on his condition. Quote, hello, everybody. Don West here to tell you about a Jim Mitt Situation, I find myself in. No, Don West here to tell you about how disappointed I am not to be talking about the Seattle Seahawks and Mariners. Not even going to try that one. But it's an Indian name some kind Wild, and everything else that we love to talk about every day on the Don West Show, which I was not aware of, but I might check out. Many of you have wondered where I have been and why the show is on hiatus. So I want to share this news directly with you. I have been diagnosed with a brain lymphoma and will begin immediate treatment. I want to thank my wife Terry for her love and support, my family and everyone that works at Cherry Creek Media and KPQ. I also want to thank the Don West Show's incredible sponsor. <laughs> Jesus, he really is a great show. Mm. Incredible sponsors and my friends for all their prayers that are coming my way. I am praying that the chemotherapy will help me heal faster and hopefully I'll be back on the radio soon. I can't wait until this is all over and I can be back with you all again. I love you all. Don West
2: wow i'm uh i'll tell you the truth i don't know much about brain lymphoma i actually decided to go ahead and hit the google to look that up um basically it affects your primary central nervous system um so and it is it is a type of cancer it is malignant cancer which not good so wow um Man, hopefully they can do something for him. I'm sure that's gonna be uh, that treatment's gonna be chemo. Ah man, that's awful. I mean i I know we haven't seen Don West in a while, but let's face it the guy's voice has been so many places. we've heard him we I love Don West. I think he's a great, great wrestling announcer so uh hopefully he will beat this um the survival rate's actually not awful on it. Right. So, you know, it's it's actually very good the survival rate that I'm looking at here. So, you know, definitely good. Is it? It's rare. It's a ra- to say a rare cancer is is kind of redundant because I mean they, not like there is a cure for cancer. So, it's still kind of rare. You know what I mean?
1: Right. I get what you're saying. It's an everyday thing.
2: Right. Right. So, but uh, yeah. So, like I said, he he didn't say what stage it was, which means hopefully they caught it early. Um, And uh, hopefully, if he's doing treatment, they definitely caught it it early enough to where they think they can get it with treatment. So, that's a good sign. If they had said, don't even bother doing treatment, that would have been very, very bad news. So, you know, let's hope he gets through this. And, um, you know, hey... I don't know. Go ahead, Smart. This is just such... This is awful, man. I'm reading this and I'm like, oh my God, this is really bad, but... Yeah, yeah, it's, it's really definitely old.
1: unfortunate. I mean, we all, you know, hope, wish him well, hope everything ends up turning out all right for him. I don't feel like... He didn't ever really get enough credit for being a commentator. I thought he did a good job. He's like a natural-born salesman, so that's always important, and like I know people like to crack on him for not being the best, but he had the unenviable duty of putting over some of the worst fucking wrestling I've ever seen in my life, and he, he was still a trooper about it, so, you know,
2: bless him. Dude, he was a, he, he. I mean, TNA treated this guy like shit. They had him back there talking to fans <laughs> live and, you know, shilling merchandise and you know they had him as an announcer, and then they put him backstage, shilling I think they merchandise heel at one
1: point, which was fucking priceless. He
2: was what? I'm sorry, I, I cut you off there. I'm sorry.
1: I think they did the like one of my favorite tropes in wrestling. I think they turned him the old turning the announcer heel routine. I think he was a heel at one point, which was just fucking ridiculous. because yeah. who wants to boo Don West? It's just like the idea of it is silly.
2: And they tried to make him a manager that lasted like one outing, and they were like, no, that ain't gonna work which I give it a fucking give it more than one fucking night with especially with Don West. Mm-hmm. I mean, the guy can talk. We know that. So. <sighs> Man, awful news, awful news. So uh, let's go ahead and shift over to the good news here, smart. And then I've got one more article that I think is kind of funny um, that we're going to just pretty much pick apart and uh, have some fun with.
1: Sure. All right, so this is from WrestlingNews.co. It says, Negative, ooh, sorry, Negative One talks about his friendship with Tay Conte, plans to be a pro wrestler when he gets older. Negative One, Brody Lee Jr., was interviewed on the recent AEW Unrestricted podcast. The interview was conducted during FanFest during Double or Nothing weekend. Negative One talked about his relationship with Tay Conte, quote, I came with her, Anna Jay, and Tay for the first time. I came out with her, Anna Jay and T for the first time. We came out with each other. And I did the heart thing, simple with his hands, with Anna. Then Anna got injured. I was like, who's going to come out now with you she said i don't know i said maybe it can be with me or maybe it can be me we started doing it and we clicked now we are best friends negative one said he is going to be a pro wrestler when he gets older quote there's zero percent chance i'm going to be anything else but a professional wrestler i have been doing wrestling since i was one i've watched wrestling since i was one I've done it. I'm going to do it because my dad did it. I'm not going to stop and not relive his legacy. On the same episode, Aubrey Edwards and Tony Schiavone also interviewed Kenny Omega Abaddon and the Dark Order Preston 10 fans. Check out the... I'm not going to show their shit enough people listen to it. They don't plug us, so fuck them.
2: Yeah, um... Listen, let's face it. This kid is one of the... Right now, listen, I know it was a tragedy what happened, but... I've said this before these AEW and and I got to WWE has also given this kid I mean he there was video of him having a rematch against Liv Morgan. This kid is literally in the ring with Liv Morgan. Tay Conti and it, this kid is this is the luckiest kid in the world. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. This kid is fucking smooth. This, this kid got more game than I do. This kid is uh, I, I th- this kid's amazing. He really is. He's I mean, and you know, if you watch that little video of him with Liv Morgan, he's actually pretty good in the ring for his age. I mean, you know, doesn't have the strength to do a lot of the moves that he wants to do, but really cool some of the stuff that he he can do at this age. Um he you know, he might want to be a wrestler now, but that that could change over time. It definitely could change over time. Um, now, one of the things that I wanted to bring up in this article, Smart, is did you read where he literally, reason we didn't see him is because his grades were down?
1: I didn't see that part, but we have talked about that in the past, that it was like him being on television was in part with him actually maintaining good grades. If he didn't keep his grades up, he didn't get
2: to be on television. That was sort of the rule. Now, you, I think people actually thought he was getting paid. They can't pay him. You're like, Will they pay child actors? Yeah, they're part of the Screen Actors Guild are protected by a union. Okay? Understand? <laughs> that would be great if they gave him like just free hot dogs, though.
1: Like, that, we're going to start you on the fast track.
2: He might be getting free catering, give the kid a break he deserves it he needs to he needs he needs to bulk up anyway all right let him bulk up give him some chicken hey. let him bulk up but you know they they can't pay him cuz it's illegal for him to have a job he can have a contract but they can't pay him so he's doing it for nothing this is a privilege for him to be able to go over here and do this and my god if you wanted me to i mean if you said hey son you get to go see Take auntie this week. I'm like, okay, oh, uh, 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 what, what test am I studying for? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Straight A's across the board. <clears throat> she, she said he actually got all A's and B's, did very well for the, for, for the end of the year. So, you know, hey, I've said before, they are taking the worst moments of this kid's life, and they are giving him such better memories such better memories than just you know oh this was the time when you know my father suddenly passed away and that's really what happened we all know that so i got no problem with what they're doing i love that this kid gets some attention i'm really i, I mean i know he gave you a little word salad but that's what kids do at that age they they just kind of talk and talk and talk so pretty cool thing though man pretty cool for him to be able to do this and uh i got no problems with it
1: yeah, not at all, not at all. I mean, this is, like, not with everybody, but with, like, a select few, like, the real sort of virtuosos out there, the prodigies. There are, like, you know, sports companies, Nike, Adidas, that kind of thing, that sign up kids that are showing promise in high school and in middle school and just, like, you know, in basketball, football, baseball, whatever, that kind of thing. That This is not uncommon. It's just a little bit less creepy because there's actual like a tether, there's a tentative connection between, you know, his family and AEW, this is not just them trying to be, you know, weird and creepy Yeah, yeah yeah, exactly,
2: and and like I said, it's not just AEW, it's WWE bringing, letting him come in, do stuff in the performance center, and just really cool stuff, I mean I, I never expect him to see him on uh, I'm not going to say never expect to see him on WWE television, it could happen but, uh, you know good shit for this kid i don't know i'm i'm like i said i'm glad they're they're changing the memories he's going to have during this time of his life where you know and and this is this is good man i'm glad that this is good that they took his mind off this cuz what was he going to do sit at home and just think about how his dad died and you know with everyone saying oh i'm sorry i'm sorry and this and that No, they got him out they got him working they got him doing this they got him doing that took his mind that the whole family's mind was taken off it by being able to be around all the you know AEW people and WWE I am giving them credit too so you know like like G-Wiz said right there in the chat tough times they made this kid's tough times a lot better by uh letting him be a part of something Mm mm-hmm
1: yeah, I mean we've seen this before. Like on you know the Dark Side of the Ring with that one Hart one they were talking about like when what happened to him, his kids were talking about how shitty they felt and just what an awful experience it was to be that little and to grow up with like an unexpected tragedy that ended up costing you your father. So they're, they, what they're doing for Brody's son is a lot better than, you know, some of the other instances of people who have unexpectedly lost their parent and had to do their best to cope with that, so as you know, they're doing the best they can to sort of make it as easy for him as possible, which is a good thing for sure.
2: You know, this might not be a great comparison, but let's just bring it up real quick. I mean, look at David Minouin, dude. Sure. I mean, look at David Minouin. He had, I mean, he had to grow up with A, I mean, talk about a tragedy. I mean, like I said, it might be a bad comparison because, you know, I know Bradley died of suddenly out of nowhere. We, you know, one week we saw him, and a few weeks later it was like he's what. And Chris Benoit did what he did. I don't need to bring that up, but you know, it's still tough for any kid, no matter how it happens, you know, to lose family and to lose, and especially to lose a father. I would, I would assume. I'm luckily I don't know. What that's like? I'm, you know, my dad's still around, but sorry, smart. Show off, anyway. But but, you know, like I said, you know, you got Dave there There's just, yeah. I'm, I'm not saying he's not a little bit grounded, but every now and then he comes off a little, whoa. Right.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, the, the, in his in his instance specifically, just the idea of like obviously what he, his dad did, I would not at all defend. But he's also not my dad. You know what I mean? It'd be one. It's it's got to be a lot different when it was somebody who had you know you have your own relationship with and you know you love and you feel reverence to, and then you have to deal with what happened and also deal with people. Slamming you, slamming your family, slamming your father—just you know the whole. Like he's sort of had to atone for sins that he didn't commit, in, in some way.
2: Yeah, I mean, he basically lost us almost, you know, a, a good chunk of his family in one, fell swoop. So, mm-hmm. anyway, I I, I don't want to get too deep into that. We uh, we've got a an interesting one to go on to from here, um, really bad transition but uh let's go ahead and do this now this is okay it's smart this all comes back to andrew zarian of the mad uh, the Mat men podcast again but of course all right so this starts off with wrestling news co they give a little hat tip to andrew zarian of the Mat Men podcast is basically how that works um paul davis of wrestlingnews.co, which we've already read a couple of articles from tonight, noted the following in regards to what Zarian had wrote. Um, Wrestlingnews.co reached out to a couple of people in WWE. mm -hmm, Look how fancy they are. To see if anyone has heard anything, and the people we spoke with are unaware of changes coming, but we're told that Vince McMahon is definitely aware of that the product is stale. And the feeling among people in management has been that the good stuff in regards to creative is being saved for the live crowds. Okay, that's the first. There's more to this. But let's just, I don't want to get too far, Mark. Let's, let's do this real quick. Let me read that last uh, little sentence one more time vince mcMahon is definitely aware that the product is stale and the feeling among people in a feeling among people in it should be amongst people in management uh has been that the good stuff in regards to creative is being saved for the live crowds now smart yes i think you know the question i'm gonna ask you If you're not putting out a product that people want to see now, what's going to make them want to come to the arena to be live if your product sucks on television? Why do you want to pay for it to see it live? If you're already paying for cable television, why would you want to go pay, get in traffic, risk uh, you know having uh, to wear a mask the whole time, risk possibly getting COVID, just to go out to maybe... Maybe get something good. Explain that one to me. (laughs)
1: <laughs> well i mean based on their ticket sales we were talking about the, the answer to that is nothing nothing no, is going to no. make them want to buy tickets yeah. if every week it seemingly gets worse and worse it was like we it's not unlike what, how we were talking about with the AEW ratings lately where they're putting a non-ideal situation but they respond to that by sort of waving a white flag and just putting on a bunch of pedestrian shows mm-hmm. and then seem you know to no surprise to anybody, the numbers keep going down. So you know, it's the same thing with WWE. They're not. It's funny because Vince says he's aware that things have gotten bad creatively, but he doesn't seem to be aware of the fact that the reason things have gotten bad creatively is because it's his fault. Right. Like, that's the problem,
2: you know. And if you're saving stuff, why would you do that? Save Again, I, I, the reason I gave everyone the, 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 the sources... Of this article was to uh, take it with a uh, an ocean of salt, whether this is true or not. Um, but I just found it a very fun article to pick through. Um, but yeah, I, I, why would you save shit for live crowds? There is your ratings are dropping, they, literally like base they are dropping, and you people. Think that it's a good idea to save stuff for live crowds? Yeah. Somehow I think that is a cop out answer. Um, whoever they reached out to in WWE, I think is uh pulling their leg, smart Mm hmm. Among other things. Hmm, exactly. All right, let's keep going here. Uh like I said, there's more to this article. Andrew Zarian once again, of the, mat, they put Mad Men, but it is Matt Men. Matt Men podcast <laughs> noted that WWE plans to wait until lie, until crowds come back to start producing better shows. Um, on Twitter, someone said, hearing about a lot of exciting stuff on the WWE side of pro wrestling. Too early to post anything, but honestly, I am very hopeful we will see a quality turnaround By the end of the year, I remember halfway through the year now, uh, he keeps going, I hate being vague. I generally don't post things like this, but I'm very hopeful right now. It's part of the plan. Cena and Brock are not the only things they have coming up. WWE and their content partners, no returning to a live audience. is a huge opportunity to get the train back on the tracks. Okay, first of all, before COVID, the train was already starting to de-fucking-rail, okay? COVID actually helped you, believe it or not, in a few ways. Uh, It let you push a less amount of people and give more TV time to them. So that's one thing it did. Uh, Cena and Brock coming back? Really? Really? That's what you think is going to get asses in the seats again? Brock Lesnar right. and old man with hair Cena? Oh, please Mark, save me before was, I lose my mind.
1: And that, was, and that was sort of the interesting thing is like I feel like it's a very much reflective on the company where they are right now anyway, is that and I wish I could find it, I'm kind of looking for it right now, but they put out a list of, they're doing special cameos. They have a select few people on their roster that you're, they're going to be – you could buy cameos from. Uh-huh. And sort of the interesting part was everybody was like around the 300 to 400. Maybe some of them were like a Randy Orton was like a 500. But the most expensive, leading you to believe the biggest star – Shawn Michaels, somebody who hasn't wrestled in a very long time. And it's well, I mean, I guess you want to include the blood money show, but I I try to forget about that. But just the idea that somebody who is not on their active roster, they value substantially more than anybody else on their regular roster. It's just like it kind of tells you where they're at. right now.
2: Yeah. Yeah, most definitely, man. It really does. And I don't know how because those aren't on cameo. I think they do those like through WWE cameos. Um, but I'll tell you if you go pro wrestlers and you put the highest price uh, there's one that says Cody Rhodes and Fuego $995 Jesus Christ and then MJF at 500 Ric Flair at 500 Michael Buffer 350 let's get ready to I'm not saying it I don't I don't want to pay the man Ray Mysterio, 350. Owens, 350. Lawler, 300. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Steve Borden, not Sting. Steve Borden from 200. Natalia Eva Marie, who we will uh, talk about in just a little while here. Uh, 250. Then it starts getting lower and lower and lower. Let's see. Who's, who's the lowest? We got to know who the lowest is, right, Smart? But of course. Oh, Oh, a lot of $5 guys in here. Anton Nathan looks like an indie wrestler. Uh, Dominic True X. Felipe Jr. $6 is where we're... Okay, we're getting $6 Felipe now. Felipe Jr. You know who he is?
1: Well, yeah. He's the son of Felipe Sr. Part right. of the Felipe wrestling family. Felipe right,
2: Hitch. right, right. Son of Mrs. Felipe Jr., right? Um, mm-hmm. Joe Dice, $5. Don't know who Joe Dice is, but uh, hey, <laughs> Joe Dice. Oh. I was going
1: to say, I really hope he's just like a bargain basement Andrew Dice Clay ripoff, like how the Honky Tonk Man was like an Elvis clone. <laughs> or like how the guy from, fucking well, not both of them, the the tag team that they had in WWE for a minute. Deuce and Domino, that's what I was looking for.
2: Ah, yeah, there you go. There you go. Gregory Iron, $15. That surprises me a little bit. It does surprise me a little bit. Guy named Texas Cheney, fifteen dollars. Huh. Interesting. Uh, Interesting. three hundred dollars oh. for Master P, four hundred for Bo Jackson. Oh, James Ellsworth, nineteen dollars. Oh how the how how we have fallen. Well, at
1: least it's over eighteen.
2: Oh oh, 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 oh. oh! oh no, that deserves a. <laughs> that deserved a dice clay right there. Mance Warner only sixteen dollars surprises me. He's getting a name for himself. Um, you know, I'm, I'm like I was just looking for some names. on CW Anderson only twenty bucks.
1: <laughs> I don't know, I feel like that's fair. Shannon I, I've Moore,
2: watched him. Shannon Moore, twenty bucks. Martin. Marty the Moth, twenty bucks. Uh Jesus Christ. Formerly uh the, the Alexander Wolf, only twenty bucks.
1: E, times are tough. Forty dollars for Lacey Von Eric.
2: Yeah, that's uh <laughs> Are you liking the NWO or something? Uh, okay. You look like Kevin Nash. Are you Kevin Nash? No. Which is
1: interesting because okay. Ricky Morton also forty dollars. So, so by the law that Cameo has established, Wait, they're you, on equal footing Ricky, in the Cameo world.
2: Ricky Morton is only forty bucks. That's right. Oh y'all! He's y'all, uh,
1: right alongside Christopher Daniels and Nikita Koloff.
2: Y'all might, yeah, y'all, y'all might hear a uh, little. Shout out from Ricky Morton to this show one day. Uh, <laughs> and I might pay an extra 40 for my own. Just to holy shit, man. I'd, I'd love that shit right there.
1: Lanny Potho, $50. I mean, there's there's a big question about what it is that Lanny Potho might be willing to do in these videos. that would like might well, make that a bargain.
2: Now, it does say from $50, so I think he might charge more <laughs> for that. I would hope he charged more. For the old uh, for, for for the PAFO as uh, as we've come to know it as on the old IYH in your head wrestling go check out Jack and Injury over there. Um, so uh, there you go, there you go. I think we can uh, go into what little, and I mean really short reviews. Um, I've been moving. I've been having a re- it's been tough, man. I've been moving, having to trying to concentrate on wrestling, also just trying to get packing and doing this and doing that um so the reviews tonight pretty short i mean we only had five matches on nxt in your house uh smart so if you don't mind we can go ahead and start with that sure um let's just start here i loved the old school intro in yes your house. loved it we got a little bit of doc hendrix now smart they
1: played the theme that we talked about a long time ago the original in your house theme with yep. the uh, soul
2: singer. They did. They did. Now
1: and speaking of Please. speaking of musical performances. I, this was one of my favorite moments of the night. They had what was like the worst attempt of, at lip syncing that I've ever seen oh. in anything ever. This poor lady comes out and I feel bad for her because it's not her fault that her music is awful. She probably tries. She comes out to sing, and, and the song itself is already not good. But they don't turn her microphone on, seemingly. Right. So, like, she's pressing the microphone to her lips. She's singing or pretending to sing, pantomiming with all of her heart, and we're not hearing a damn thing. It just—it was the worst. But it was—it was amusing to watch. Well,
2: the problem is not that they didn't turn her microphone on. The problem is that she was lip syncing the song. Mm-hmm. And I don't think she had headphones in at all or even an earpiece. <laughs> or a sense
1: of rhythm or timing. But or, yes.
2: a, and this was Naomi Fox who did this. Um, this may have been the worst lip-sync performance I've ever witnessed in my life. Um <laughs> I was Listen. expecting at
1: any minute for her just to like drop the microphone and just do it, start doing like a hoedown like Ashley Simpson did on Saturday Night Live.
2: Listen, I used to go to a bar every Saturday night that did karaoke and seen I have seen some of the drunkest people get up there and do karaoke slurring words, damn near falling over singing songs that no one should ever, ever attempt with that much alcohol in their body. <laughs>
1: In other words, don't stop believing by Journey.
2: I've I've heard that one, and one little Middle Eastern guy used to get up and do the song um, "Shine" by uh, Collective Soul, and it was the fun. <laughs> well- I if I had a camera phone back then, I would I literally would use this as a drop. He he was the funniest guy in the world, um, but uh, he would do it. I have seen drunk people, and it was better than this lip sync performance literally literally i have seen it, 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 trust me i have seen some amazing karaoke performances in my life i went every i literally lived behind the, i could walk that this was crabby jacks i could walk to this bar every saturday karaoke it was always a good night wednesday nights too but i always had to work so i took it easy i usually only had seven or eight beers on a on a wednesday
1: of course, yeah. You got to take it light. You got to ease on into the weekend. I get it.
2: Yeah, you know, weekend. I used to do a good, you know, over a twelve pack a night. Easy, easy. So, you know, you know take it easy on the weekdays. Take it easy. I'm still, uh, unfortunately, I'm still. I, I feel like still. the
1: most humiliating moment, and of which there are plenty of my drinking career was I had bought a weekend supply and this is by weekend. I mean, it was already a Friday night. So it was Saturday and Sunday. It wasn't even like Friday, Saturday, Sunday, mm. two days, two, about two days worth of liquor, brought it to the counter. And the guy looked up at me with a smile on his face and no hint of sarcasm says, Oh, you're having a party. <laughs> like, yeah, I suppose I'm having a pity party and it's for myself. And the guy, You're invited if you want, I guess,
2: you know, me and my wife do that we go up we go by and the guy's like oh having people over and we're like um yeah you know just playing cards and then <laughs> we get in the car and we're like it's just us playing cards <laughs> yeah 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 so uh, yeah yeah i i got you um anyway i i'm really not that listen there was obviously some sort of timing or audio issue I am uh, just like you said. I'm not going to put this all on her. Not every performance is going to be good, but this was really, really, really bad. I I shouldn't have been laughing at it, but I did. (laughs) I
1: I, I did. I I was having a good time with it too because I was like, "Uh." at first, I had to like sort of look at other people's comments online to make sure that I was seeing what I thought I was seeing Mm. because I was like, there's no way this is as bad as it looks. And then I was reading it, I was like, nope. Nope, this is as bad as it looks.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. Um, Todd Pett and Gil hosted. I liked that. Uh, I mm-hmm. I was really. I got to say, I was. Keyword is going to be was in this sentence. Did um, put it in bold, italics, underline it. I was excited to see a crowd, in the, uh, in the arena. I was until things started happening and you literally <laughs> forgot they were there. It's like they it, it but they were dead for the whole fucking show.
1: Pretty much. Yeah, it I, seemed like it was like they just like all the it seemed like almost all the tickets were just comp tickets. Like they just found people on the street and were like, "Here,
2: you want to be on TV for a minute?" Dude, the you know what, I, I'll just go ahead and get into it. I'll skip the first match and go to the match after. The Mercedes-Martinez versus Xia Li match. You know, we get mm-hmm. Lee, she's, doing, she's dominating most of the match. She gets the win over Martinez. Boa hands her the chair, Mercedes takes it, hits Boa, hits Lee, and the crowd, literally, you could hear Mercedes-Martinez not yelling, talking to Xia Lee. She's yes. talking, and we can hear it in the fucking... Microphone, because the crowd is so goddamn dead. You know, it, I I I don't get it. Now I did read where they kind of fucked over the people. They you know they were supposed to ride buses and this and that, and it was a a, a real trek to get in there. But still, you, the the crowd was dead for this whole show. You literally forgot they were there, and they were still yes. piping in fucking noise. These fucking bastards.
1: Oh, yeah, they're they're still going to. I, like, I was hearing people talk about how it's going to be, you know, we've talked about it, too. It's going to be interesting to see how crowds actually respond to some of the stuff that we've been seeing on a weekly basis, the Raws and the Smackdowns, NXT and the like. But that, you know, th- there's also a very obvious fact of the, the idea that they're going to still tamper with the crowd audio. They're still, you know, they're going to change it, and turn it up in certain places, turn it down in certain places. They have a record of doing it in the past, so there's still going to be some tampering around, you know, regardless of who's there or not there.
2: Assholes. Mm-hmm. Assholes. But, it, look, uh, uh, that uh, I, I liked that match, actually. Like I said, Zyli dominating for part of it. Mercedes Martinez obviously is there to put over. Talent more than win big matches. Um, I mean, May Ying gets up; she's all pissed at Mercedes. Mercedes Martinez gets in her face; she gets choked and thrown into the fence. And again, the crowd is dead. I, and and May Ying, obviously the cousin of May Young, um, I, 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 I obviously, uh, but I, I just don't understand where the crowd was for most of this i really don't for this match especially they they were even dead during the first match Mark. but uh let me go ahead let's just go ahead and start with the uh match that we just talked about this uh mercedes martinez versus ily but um what did you think of this match man the mercedes martinez ily match yes
1: it was not good. Like, I don't blame people for not reacting. But it was sort of interesting because it was one of two. There were five matches, but two of the matches actually had feuds. Everything else was kind of just thrown together for the sake of it's time to have a big show. So here's what we have. Sure. But this one, they actually had a few. They built it for like two or three weeks, not the longest built, but you know they tell the whole narrative of you know Xia Li was in the May Young Classic. She wrestled Mercedes Martinez. Mercedes Martinez kind of took her lightly, dominated her, and she was there to sort of you know avenge a loss or avenge a, a you know a site being snubbed by martinez so that was where the feud there's a like sort of bitterness about it so the story that they told the story that they built on and then the match that they gave us weren't were sort of contracting they were they weren't the match itself wasn't as good as the actual build for it it seemed like lee pretty much just sort of dominated the match and then mercedes martinez got offense in after the match was over Mm -hmm. like she was way more impactful after the match than she was during the match Mm -hmm. i feel like that what ended up happening afterwards was way better than the actual match itself like you could have it would have been a fine match if you incorporated everything you know if you incorporated Mercedes Martinez, you know taking out you know breaking out the chair and doing what she did with the chair and all of that in the match and then she it's still the same thing happened she gets distracted Ying blows a smoke in her face and throws her off the ring and she's off the ramp, rather, and she's dead or whatever, and then you just have Zaylee win that way. So that would have been a way better way to end it than how they did end up going about it.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I could see that, and you know, the, the storyline actually felt like they put those two together and then remembered, oh shit, they wrestled at the May Young Classic. Holy shit, let's throw that in there. It literally seems like they forgot about it and then went back to it like afterwards. Like, that was never a part of their storyline until this video package.
1: Yeah, like you just, you were on, you stopped at the gas station, you picked up like your girlfriend or wife or whatever at candy bar, and you come home and add it to her, and she's like, oh yeah, you remembered our anniversary, and you're like, of course I did.
2: Exactly. Yeah, there you go. I'm such a good guy now but literally it felt like that that's what happened because this this was never part of the storyline that I remember. I don't remember this being part of this storyline ever. Matter of fact, I've had Zileo off TV for how long? Quite a while. There you go. So I don't know. And again, I know where we jumped around didn't start with the first match, but yeah, sue us. I ain't got nothing. Sue me for what? <laughs> uh anyway, <laughs> MSK, <coughs> excuse me, and Bronson Reed uh, versus Legato. <coughs> I'm sorry, El Fantasma, in a uh, winner take all match. Um, that was the first match, actually. Real, I, I liked the uh, masks that uh, Legato Del Fantasma had on. Pretty cool entrance for them.
1: Yeah, I like that as well. <laughs> And I think it was a good, like you had mentioned, it's kind of surprising that the crowd wasn't into it because this was like sort of the prototypical of everything that you had on your show. The matchup would seemingly be most likely to get the crowd going early.
2: Exactly. There was a. I mean, this was a hot match, man. And the crowd was still dead for this one. I mean, you've got MSK and Bronson Reed out there in matching black and green, and that doesn't even pop the fucking crowd.
1: I did enjoy that. I enjoyed how even though they're a makeshift tag team, they still color coordinated. And and I genuinely mean that. It's such a dumb thing, but it it just stands out when you have somebody like two members of a team are wearing blue and one guy's wearing red or whatever. It just, it clashes in a way that's like visually unappealing.
2: No. And and I mean, listen, if you're going to, you don't want to clash, even though you're in a wrestling match.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: Oh my God. This all just reminded me of of a, a skit from the, uh, Good morning, Vietnam. Nice. Anyway, um, yeah. I, I, I mean, literally, that the fact that they were in matching black and green gear was in my notes. I mean, they literally, the green was the exact same shade. It was. I, I, I appreciated it also, smart I did. Um, listen, me and you knew, and I think all of the audience knew. Pretty much the whole wrestling world knew. MSK and Reed were not losing those titles, right? Which didn't really take away from the match it was still a good really awesome match but there was no way they were taking the titles off of msk after like i said the time the money the vignettes they put into these guys um and reed just just got it why would you take it off of them no reason but still a great match
1: I enjoyed it, too. Like we were saying, you know, we both picked uh, MSK to win that. And that's ended up being what happened. It was a pretty good match. A lot of high-flying, you know, diving spots and whatnot. You had Brown Street do the double Samoan drop. You had even, he did his little dive to the outside. Mm. So it was one of those high-octane affairs. I enjoyed it.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that, that, seeing him dive is pretty amazing to watch. Um, But uh, good match. Like I said, we all knew who was going to win that match, and we did predict that one. You know, we sort of predicted the next match also, Smart. Both of us said who we wanted to win and who we knew they were going to put over in the match.
1: Right.
2: This is the latter match for the uh, million-dollar championship. Um, Matches aside... I'm loving having Ted DiBiase back on TV for a little while. I don't care if it's only for another two or three weeks, whatever. You know, he he doesn't look the same, but he still sounds the same.
1: Yeah, I mean, he doesn't look exactly the same, but, you know, by comparison to a lot of his other peers uh, and counterparts, mm-hmm. he's a lot better. I mean, the fact that he's even that he's alive is, is a victory compared to some of the other people, the wrestlers that pass away early, but then he, he, he sort of just looks like an older version of Ted DiBiase, so Well... A little bit grayer, a little bit chubbier,
2: you know, it happens. Well, like Shawn Michaels, he turned his life over to God, so... <laughs> yeah, but he did it in a time before he lost his eyes. True, and he didn't lose his smile ever. Um, no. No. He not. kept his eyes straight and his smile wide. Absolutely. So, it, like I said, match aside... Really good to see DiBiase back on television. I just... Nostalgic for me. For me. But, um, listen, good match between these guys. Grimes is good in these... Uh, he's good in these gimmick matches. No matter what the gimmick match is, Grimes seems to excel in all the gimmick matches. Because, let's face it, that's what he really is. He's a gimmick match guy. hmm All the matches he ends up having at takeovers seem to be gimmick matches. They're never just singles matches. He has those on NXT, but all the blow-off matches are usually some sort of gimmick match for him. Um, and a sick jump from him off that scaffold.
1: Yes. Ooh. Yeah, there's a couple. Of, he took a couple of good bumps cuz he took that that was like a neckbreaker. He was straddling a ladder. And Knight ended up hitting with a net breaker, and he landed basically head first onto like the side of the ladder. Yeah. And it like flipped over so that it was more vertical or more horizontal rather. Um, I got to give him some credit, though, because like we've seen dozens upon dozens upon dozens of ladder matches at this point. And they actually managed to find a way to make some of it look kind of unique. I enjoyed yeah. when they were like basically sword fighting with the ladders. That was cool.
2: Yeah. Yeah, you're right. That was pretty cool. Um, and obviously, in my opinion, and I'm not speaking for smart, but I believe in your opinion, the wrong guy did win this match when LA Knight did win this match. Um, and we found out the wrong guy won this match on, uh, last night on Tuesday night, which we will get into real quick. Um, like I said, my notes for the other two shows are very short, like literally three notes for raw, four notes for NXT. Um, <laughs> I've just... It's been a lot of work getting <coughs> getting packed after ten years of collecting shit. <coughs> Jesus, I'm not even sitting here hitting anything. My fucking throat's just getting dry. Um, but yeah, L.A. Knight wins the match, Mark. Um, I got to tell you, they were they were flying blind getting that thing down because that case was so big. If you didn't notice, he couldn't even see it.
1: Right. Yeah, it was like a glass case, too. It was like sort started they wanted you to believe that it was like bulletproof or whatever. Mm. So it's like it was different than your just standard. The belt was on the la- the rung or the belt or the briefcase with the belt was on the rung of the ladder or whatever. Or on the little hook device that they hold up above the ladder.
2: Right. Right. The little carabiner, I believe they're called. Um that's hmm. mark. There were a lot of pull aparts and a lot of chaos going on during this show. Um, yes. Which led to, at the end of the show, Regal saying that there may need to be a change. May need to be a change. So uh, we will uh, get into that when we talk about NXT, which we'll jump right into NXT, and then we'll just do Raw last real quick. Um, that way it's kind of, you know, together, if you will. Um, but, uh, you know, we get Ember Moon and uh, versus Raquel Gonzalez for the NXT Women's Championship. This was another one, Smark. We knew they weren't taking that belt off of Raquel. Uh, Not to put anything, not to put Ember Moon down, but she certainly isn't going to lose it through Ember Moon right now. You know what I mean? Again, I'm not saying anything bad. I like Ember Moon. I actually think she's very good, but not now. There hasn't been enough of a a push. We've been waiting. Shotzi came back also threw around uh, Dakota Kai and um, there was just no way. Still a good match, you know, good match, but uh, Gonzalez did retain Smart, so what would you think of this one?
1: I I thought it was was pretty good. It was uh, probably the best or one of the best matches that Raquel Gonzalez has had. During her time in NXT, it made me laugh because they were talking about in con commentary that, you know, she's never had a bigger challenge for her belt than she's had against Amber Moon. And then they, they also, I was hearing reviews say that it was her best match as champion, but it was like she's had one other title defense. So it just seems weird that it was like, cause it was just the other, the only other person that she fought was uh, Mercedes Martinez for the belt. So she's had one other challenger. It just makes me laugh that they're like talking about her title reign already as a, or this like grand, you know, long sprawling thing. That's just been happening for months and months and months at this point.
2: It's like when a single parent calls their child, their favorite kid. And you're like, I'm the only fucking kid.
1: Don't you take that from me? <laughs> <All
2: right. laughs>
1: I worked hard for that honor. I, I fucking like I was the homecoming king at my home school
2: At my homeschool. Homeschool homecoming king. I like that. <laughs> you know what I like that for? Oh that's right. shit! That's 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 cool. I, I, I'm happy for you, Smark. I'm glad you were the. Uh, I'm, I'm 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 glad you had. That. Now did you wear a crown? Is my question.
1: Well, I I did, but that was already uh, a part of my day to day, like fashion sense. Burger King. I, I had some, I had some, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, they gave it to me, so you know, well, I'm not gonna throw a gift away.
2: I mean, you were the you were the king of Burger King, um,
0: mm-hmm.
2: dude. I used to, man when I, I used to love getting that little hat when I was a kid. That little crown, put that on my head. And, oh, that was the shit right there, man. You literally felt like a king as a kid for just a just just a few seconds when you put that on your head.
1: <laughs> for sure, for sure. Like, they... I mean, as an adult, I bought like one of those fucking frozen like a snow cone,
0: mm.
1: and then the truck that I got it from they gave people lays. So they gave me a lay, and I just walked around the rest of the day with the lay I was like, "Fuck it, why not."
2: Did you walk around with a leg going, oh, I got laid.
1: <laughs> I didn't walk around doing that as much as I just posted a picture to my Facebook with that caption and felt ashamed of myself because I was in my late 20s. Uh, I, I,
2: I went to Fantasy Fest a couple of times down in Florida, which is in Key West. And it's basically um, the night before Halloween. or is it, No, it's Halloween night. And it's like Mardi Gras. But with bath salts. Mm, no. No, not not in Key West. Key West is just a bunch of drunk, stone people partying all the time. But you, you go down there, and literally, I think thirty times, because you get beads, and guys just literally walk around going, "I got a lay. Look, I got beads. They're lay. They're like lays." I swear to God, it's, it's it's the most annoying thing in the world. It's 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 really <laughs> annoying. It was a. It's a fun time though, man. Everyone is running, walking down Duval Street, drunk as fuck. Every bar is open. Oh, Key West is a fun time during Fantasy Fest, man. It's literally like a like a mini Mardi Gras.
1: I've seen sort of videos about that. Like we'll see, in Like a documentary here or there about it.
2: Seems like a really good sign. Many, many drag floats. Hmm. Many, many. And uh, it was it was it was a fun time being down there though, man. It was a real fun time being down there. So my 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 buddy Mike has a ton of pictures. I should have him fucking send me those. I bet he still has them. He was a picture collector. I bet he still has a bunch of those pictures. So, but uh, anyway, I'm not sure how we got on that. But anyway, the Great American Bash is going to be July 6th. Uh, it'll be just a special NXT episode. It's not going to be a uh, pay-per-view or anything. So look forward to that, everyone. The Great American Bash, another one they stole from Mr. Cody Rhodes.
1: Yep. that's Like you said, it's going to be on the 6th. Because I yep. believe uh, Sunday is going to be the 4th this year. How about that?
2: There you go. That's nice. I like that. I like that. It means I can uh, drink more than you. More. <laughs>
1: I was going
2: to say, yeah. All right, so let's get to this main event. I uh, I have surprisingly small notes on this. That's because the match was really good, really fast-paced, and I really wanted to watch it. Um, now, just to let everyone know, this was the only show, Takeover in Your House, that I really got to sit down and watch. The other two shows, I was kind of packing while trying to get through them, and that's why my notes are small. But uh, this main event was Karrion Cross versus Kyler Riley versus Pete Dunne, versus Johnny Gargano, versus Adam Cole. Crowd, very surprisingly smart, quiet for Cross's entrance.
1: Yeah, a little bit, huh?
2: A little bit. Like, enough to where I, like, went and put it in my notes to where I was, that it was noticeably quiet. Again, this crowd was like fucking, I mean... <sighs> Were they a bunch, of, a bunch of goths or something in this crowd? I have no clue. Show no emotion. All, like
1: like they were all people that called Taiwan a country.
2: They're... Oh, you sons of bitches.
1: <laughs> they were being held against their will.
2: Well, Forced to
1: make an apology video. There, was, They said it was 300 people or so. That was like the capital Wrestling Center was at capacity. I,
2: I believe they said 340.
1: Okay. Yeah, it could have been 340. I, I th-
2: Think that my don't 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 quote me on that, but I think that might have been the uh, might have been the number. Um, I was really though, shocked at how quiet they were for that entrance. Um, that might make them a little nervous. It would make me a little nervous if that was my champion. To be honest with you, um, at one point, I don't in-
1: know. I feel like it'll be. I, I feel like when they actually start getting in front of. Like, full sail, or if they end up taking it out on the road, it'll be a little bit more favorable of a response, but... Yeah, there might be a little bit of a cause con- for concern. I, I kind of like the cinematography of it all because you had Cross come out, and, you know, it's like the, it's all dark in the arena and they got the smoke machine going and the spooky red lights and all of this shit. And then they bring the lights up to the regular, you know, the house lights or whatever and they show all, you know, Cross is in the middle of the ring and all of the other contenders are all in their, each in their own individual corner just kind of staring him down, sort of already going about presenting the image that it's going to be Cross versus everybody else, which is kind of what it ended up being.
2: Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I, I did at one point in the match, Cross ended up taking kind of a snoozer after he got thrown through the front door of the, uh, of the house of In Your House. Um, he was gone for a good while in this match. I gotta tell you, the little guys in this match were the stars. Cross just kind of came in and took over at the end, but... The little guys worked their motherfucking asses off in this match. And I'm talking about, you know, O'Reilly, Dunn, even Dunn, I will say it. Gargano really was throwing himself around. Cole, I thought those guys were actually the stars of the match. I thought Cross was just kind of the guy who took advantage, came in, and made O'Reilly pass out.
1: Yeah, more or less. I think the thing I really enjoyed about it was everybody – they did a really good job of implementing everybody's set because
0: mm-hmm.
1: it was like one of those – I heard it described as like how when you know, you're know you playing a video game in that scenario where you got like four or five people and everybody's just hitting a, a big move after a big move and it became that. But it was a lot of fun to watch because they, they sort of all got their moves in, in sort of an – interesting and, like, event way. It wasn't just a move after a move. It was, like, one move actually led into another move. So, like, the, the way that they timed it out, the chain of events was actually a lot of fun to watch.
2: Yeah, it, it was more than just everybody getting their shit in. They right. got all their moves in for a reason. Right. So, yeah, I, 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 it, I definitely noticed that, too, but... It, it was good man it was really a really a good match but like i said the, the 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 smaller guys in this match were the workhorses and cross just was the the opportunist if you will who went in there and like i said made o- O'Reilly pass out to retain get the win um i got to say smart this was a decent pay-per-view but really seemed like more of an kind of an extended NXT show rather than a pay-per-view
1: some of the matches very much were like the opener again, the opener wasn't bad, but it did seem like it would be sort of a match we would find like on maybe a main event of an n x t television show where it was it was like didn't necessarily stand out, it wasn't bad, it was just. There was no real big moment that made it feel like a takeover match, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. The women's match wasn't great. It was sort of a two-show 2, two show match with the latter match and the main event being the, the kind of stuff that st- stole the show. And then, like I said, you already came into it with only being two feuds on the show. So that was also kind of a thing that they had to deal with.
2: Well, it really was basically a two-match show because really the first three matches were pretty much just an hour. I mean, you, we had an hour and a half left in the show. In a two and a half hour show, after the first, when they started the entrances for the last match, or the the right. the, the match before, so it was a, you know, like you said, it was definitely a two match show, um, but I, I I like I said, it just kind of felt like an extended NXT show. Didn't really feel pay per view ish.
1: No, not necessarily.
2: So. I guess to kind of run through NXT, I have, again, four quick notes on NXT. Um, I guess the biggest thing we could talk about NXT is um, we mentioned Regal on the pay-per-view, said there may be a change. And Samoa Joe ends up returning to NXT.
1: Right. And that was how the uh, pay-per-view went off the air was there was a couple of different pull parts and melees and brawls throughout the show, and then at the end of the pay-per-view, Regal was looking on all downtrodden and sad and said that he just lost control of the ship and it might be time for a change and walked away sad in the night, Incredible Hulk style, and then that leads to NXT through Tuesday.
2: Yes. Yes, it does, with Joe returning. Um, Regal was in the ring, like, being berated... By Karrion Cross, uh, suddenly I mean, literally. Basically
1: calls him a pussy for crying. Basically, doesn't exactly use the word pussy, but he's, you crying, Regal?
2: <laughs> Are you crying? Uh, yeah, yeah, pretty uh, pretty cool stuff right there. And then the next thing you know, we hear Samoa Joe's music. He comes to the ring. Um, Regal offers Joe to be the new GM, and he's like, no, 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 no. I'll be your enforcer. And basically Regal says, okay, fine. There's two things you can't do, Joe. You cannot be an active competitor. And you can't lay hands on anyone unless provoked. Now, we got to see him get provoked when Cole was backstage with O'Reilly getting to pull apart. And he pushed Joe and Joe beat the shit out of him.
1: Yes, he just straight up chokes him out. Chokes out old Adam Cole, which is kind of makes me laugh because I understand that they had to get Joe over as, you know, being the enforcer. Mm. But it just makes me laugh that they sort of built Adam Cole up to be like the guy who, if anybody would have won that five man match, it would have been him. And then immediately after that, he's just getting choked out by a guy that doesn't wrestle full time anymore, or at all, I guess, at the moment.
2: Yeah, yeah. I don't know if he's cleared. I don't know what's going on with Joe, but right now, this is the stip- Populations he has, can't be an active competitor and can't put your hands on anyone unless provoked. This will lead to a storyline with Joe becoming an active competitor again on NXT, which is fine with me. Um, if they're going to start bringing a few guys back to NXT, that might not be a bad idea, to be honest with you, to be honest. Um, again, we talked about maybe Daniel Bryan coming back and being on NXT. I think that would be amazing, some of the guys he could have matches with over there. Amazing. Brian. Amazing. So, we are getting at Great American Bash. Uh, Cole versus O'Reilly, Part Two. That's right. There you go. Um, next little thing I got is Trey Baxter made his debut. I uh, answered Kushida's open challenge for the Cruiserweight Championship with Kyle O'Reilly watching on, and um, O'Reilly did challenge Kushida to a match next week's mark.
1: That's right. This was uh, the former Blake Christian from uh, GCW. Right. Did a little bit of PWG, some New Japan USA too. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: He's really fucking talented. Like, he debuted in 2017 and he's already on NXT. So it's like, it took him no time to get up the ranks. Like, wow. He showed up as, like, he from, they gave him a shot on a GCW show and he got so over just in the one show that they, like, made him a full rostered member until WWE snatched him up. Wow.
2: Yeah, that's pretty damn good right there. You know, four years. So the they day. got
1: him. They got Alex Zane, who was another, like, he was sort of his nemesis there because they're both guys that do a lot of high-flying, and they're both on GCW together, and they both ended up going. Well, you got uh, Christian in NXT, and I guess Alex Zane wrestles on 205 Live, so I will never see him again, but good for both <laughs>
2: Yeah, 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 cool. And I, I knew he had a some, I think I might have seen him on one GCW show, but I'm not 100% sure. Um, but, uh, yeah, made his debut. Did damn good in the match, just because she had obviously keeping the title against the debuting guy. So, that was that. Now, L.A. Knight has already turned on Ted DiBiase, smart.
1: Yes, which I'm, I'm not necessarily against this idea, but man, did they fucking choreographed this.
2: Oh, yeah. They did not they- want Ted getting hurt.
1: Well, no, no, I mean like they – you could see this coming from a mile away. It was like somebody was like, – like a horror movie where you see the couple having sex and then you see like the killer walk into the bedroom, walk into the – like open the closet door, start looking through their clothes, like pick up $5 <laughs> off the table and then stab them. Like you knew it was coming but it, they drew it out for as long as humanly possible because he was just – he goes on at length for what felt like a good 10 minutes talking about how he had the Ted DiBiase wrestling buddy. Yeah. Yep. To, to go back to you know earlier he had the action figures and how big of a deal it was the dream come true he's finally gotten everything he's ever wanted being able to be the million dollar champion and being on nxt and you're just waiting for it waiting for it and waiting for it and then he finally goes you know of course now that i've got everything i want i'm gonna get rid of something i don't need and he starts you know waylaying poor old charles DiBiase
2: yeah 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 he did he uh Beat them up pretty good. Now, see, this is why they should have gone with the country boys, Mark. You know how these Yankees can get, right?
0: Mm-hmm. They can get yeah, violent.
2: Yeah, these Yankees can get violent. That's why you know, they should have gone with the country boy. Should have just gone with the country boy. Um, now, Grimes does came out, come <laughs> came out, come out and uh, make the save after Ted Dibiase takes a little bit of a beating. Um, now, does this make? Was this the clear cut baby face turn for Cameron Grimes?
1: I think so. I think we already kinda got there. Like the crowd we were talking about the crowd didn't really cheer for much of anything. Right. Make any noise during the pay-per-view, but what little reaction that they did have to give he got he got it from them. <laughs> so the crowd's already kind of been in his corner and I think now when we start getting to them actually being in front of you know, the full scale, hundred percent live capacity crowds on a weekend week out basis. I feel like he's going to be getting a lion's share of cheer, So it does sort of make sense. I guess if they're going to keep the character, basically the same to just still make him a phase.
2: Yeah. Now I'm wondering if we're going to get the whole on next Tuesday. Oh, I should have gone with you, Cameron Grimes Then you know, blah, blah, blah. Or are they just going to phase out Ted DiBiase right now and just have Grimes and, uh, La La Knight go after each other.
1: You know they're very much making Ted DiBiase out to be like kind of a floozy, like this man is a ho. He just goes from like whoever has the advantage that week, he's in their corner. Like if Cameron Grimes can speed up one week, he's you know with La Knight, and then if La Knight can speed up, guy like Grimes, he's with Grimes. So he's very much he is a unfaithful manager. I would I was kind of hoping that Grimes would just start stomping the shit out of him, be like, oh, "You want to talk shit now, Ted? You want to talk shit now?"
2: Nah, I think this was used to turn Grimes and, and I think this was actually used to turn Grimes and DiBiase, Babyface. So, let's see what happens next to, I'll tell you the truth, this makes me very interested to see how they work this storyline next Tuesday. Honestly, it really does, which is a good thing that they've got me at least hooked into something that I want to see where it goes. Um and the last match on NXT that I'm going to talk about is the Champa and uh, Timothy Thatcher. Uh Timothy Thatcher looked completely different with that full beard. I don't know what did, did he get teeth or something? He looks different. Um versus the grizzled young veterans in a tornado tag match. I got to tell you. These are my favorite tag matches, dude. Mm-hmm. It's it's chaos, but it's like Delicious chaos. I love the chaos of these Tornado tag matches. They can all be in the ring. There's, it, 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 It's like a no-rules tag match, and I love it. I've always liked these matches. They don't do them enough anymore. Um, so I wish they would do more of these, number one. Number two, that Doomsday device that Ciampa did outside the ring was fucking brutal looking. Right. Right. Brutal looking. So, I don't know, man. Just this match was another one where it was, I I could barely take notes because I just wanted to sit there and stare at it. It was such a good match, though. It's a really
1: good workaround to have it be a tornado tag match because a lot of matches nowadays, it's like the sort of biggest complaint. NXT and like especially AW with tag matches, I, you know I hear people say or I see people write or whatever that there's a lot of spots where it takes them an extended amount of time to set everything up. So you're sort of you have the referee that's kind of sitting on his hands where he should be counting to five, but he can't because he knows that they won't have enough time. So you get like a no count at all or a slow count or something like that. And we we talk about you know ad nauseum how what's the point of having rules if they don't follow the rules? So this is sort of a good way to work around that, where you can have a bunch of different cool spots, which we have. We had a lot of innovative, you know, tag team moves, especially from Grizzly Young Veterans. But you have the rules being what they are, being a tornado tag match, where you can just have everybody in the ring, and you can set up all the spots that you want to set up. And it gives them a broader, you know, a broader brush to paint with.
2: Yeah, you can do all those double-team spots, and you're not going to have the ref counting to five, getting the guy out of the ring, and it's just... I, I really think they don't utilize the Tornado Tag match as much as they should. Good God. Every every match in AEW should be Tornado Tags. They would fucking not have to follow the rules anymore. That's right. And no one would be able to bitch. Um but, yeah, I thought that was a great, you know... To be honest, I kind of thought this main event was better than the main event on their pay-per-view. To be honest uh, with
0: you.
1: Yeah, I mean, they were they were
2: both really good,
1: but, yeah, I could, could see how you might, want, might prefer that. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Yeah, my tag team, Tornado, just all... Like, that whole match is just all me. Right.
1: <laughs> Which so. was... It was a kind of interesting, because they even made note to have... Champa and Thatcher cut a promo during the pay-per-view yeah. hyping the match, which I they, they never do. You never see a promo on a pay-per-view hyping up the next show, which seems like it would be a common-sense way to do things, but yet still.
2: A really good promo by those two guys, by the way, on that pay-per-view.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: I like seeing Thatcher be the one that fucking got a little nutty first before Ciampa did. I thought that was pretty cool. Right. Um, a nice change of pace. Yeah, yeah, and like like Superstar Baron Corbin says, they did win by double submission. Uh, both had uh, let's see, I think Thatcher had uh, Thatcher had um, one of the guys in a uh, heel hook, and uh, Ciampa had him in a uh, uh, basically just a choke. Yeah. Yeah. So, definitely, definitely was uh, it was uh, the James guy. I forget the guy's name. Uh, James, I, b- I believe it's, G- I know, James Blake,
1: maybe? Hold on.
2: I think I had it. Let me grab the NXT. Hey, no, that's not the right one. Ah, God damn it! I gotta move this over to find my shit. Here we go. I got the guy's name. Give me a second. It was, uh, James Drake. Excuse me.
1: James Drake. Yes, okay.
2: James Drake. James Drake was the gentleman who was... Forced to, t- forced to tap out. Alright, so I guess we can get into Raw and then we'll, uh, we'll wrap I have
1: two quick things real quick. Oh, here. Sure. First off, sure. you had Io Shirai, she kind of came back. She got confronted by Candice mm-hmm. uh, LeRae. And this ends up leading to an ambush. You have shot, or you have Indy Hartwell come out and blast her from behind and like Both members of the way are taking turns attacking her. Beth Phoenix referred to it as a foreign assault, which seemed like a poor choice of words, but it made me laugh. And I'm surprised that nobody but me noticed that Mm -hmm. because I literally made a note to write in my notes. She used the phrase, now it's a foreign assault, which I was like. (laughs) Jesus, that is poor choice of words. I also had a little bit of a laugh because before the main event, they have Mackenzie Mitchell like in the backstage area with Regal and Joe. She's like, "All right, so what do you think is your what do you what are your first impressions of having Joe on your first night with Joe as your enforcer?" And Regal goes, "Well, Mackenzie," and they immediately cut they cut away to to, to somebody working out in the backstage area and then it makes me laugh because they go to commercial and then redo the promo but like line for line she says the exact same thing to set up the beginning of the second attempt at the promo as she did at the first attempt of the promo which made me laugh because they just cut her off mid-sentence.
2: Oh god I didn't even catch that. Again uh, with packing and everything I've missed so much and I'm I apologize but Oh no mean, worries.
1: But yeah, that was pretty much the whole
2: entirety
1: of the show. There was another. There was a match between Imperium and Brizango That was pretty good. And I'd, I I'd recommend checking that out. But it was a solid show, just from the beginning to the end.
2: Yeah, I'll skip the Brazango. Um, all right. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll skip that. Let's go ahead and get into Raw real quick. I've only got a few notes for Raw. Very sure. short. I got a couple of little clips we can play just to kind of. Uh, not extend it. I mean, we're only at. I mean, we're we're barely at two hours here, so we'll go ahead and uh, we don't have very much more to get into anyway. Just raw, and we'll be done. But uh, again, they're keeping going with this. Nikki Cross is getting win after win on Charlotte and Rhea by either not beating the clock. Now Nikki Cross gets a win by countout after Charlotte can't stop posing for Rhea Ripley watching outside the ring.
1: Yep. It was like when Lex Luger beat Yokozuna and it it worked wonders for Lex Luger. So of course it'll work wonders for Nikki
2: Cross. Well, I mean, just remember they're, they're uh, smart. They're saving the good shit for when the crowds come back. Okay. Okay. Right,
1: but I mean, we all know exactly what's going to happen here. Mm-hmm. She's, she has a bunch of like fluke victories, or, you know, she last, she, you know, manages to beat the clock and stay in there for two minutes against Rhea, against Charlotte, and then she beats Charlotte by a count out. She'll end up getting herself an actual legitimate match with Charlotte or with Rhea Ripley down the line, and then she'll lose, but it'll be justified by saying, well, we had her win the last couple of weeks. It's like, right. well, no, you did and you didn't, because she won the match, technically, but she looks like a, a joke in between those times. Like, while she's winning, she just looks like the luckiest person in the world, and it, there's no credib- credibility credibility, Credibility,
2: being Ooh. And lean into that word, huh? Oh, yeah, a little credibility. I'm not even sure where that fucking accent is from, Mark. I don't know. I don't know where you just went. <laughs> I
1: invented a place for me <laughs> and gave it its own accent. <laughs> that was West Carolina. That wasn't even like North Carolina, South Carolina, Eastern yeah. Carol- Carolina.
2: They, I'm not even sure where that is. Um, but uh, yeah, th- this Nikki Cross thing is just. And you know what's going to happen? They're going to make a fool out of her in a match with probably Charlotte. You're right. Yeah. you're right. So it's 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 just going to be you know fluke win, fluke win, fluke win, and then eventually they're just going to stop pushing her. I don't. I'm not sure why they're even doing this because it's not going to last long. So. Um, I had a I had a little quick
1: they opened the show with Alexa. Yeah. And she's like recapping everything that went on last week and it made me laugh cuz she said that there was a lot of can she got a lot of concerned messages they got a lot of concerned messages from fans and now that they're going to be on the road she's decided that she's going to put lily on timeout which makes me laugh because it is the most transparent way of just being like look we don't want this shit to bomb in front of a live audience so we're just going to we're going to put a pin in it for now and you know maybe mm. we'll bring it back later but probably not
2: it's not that's part of it But the other part is, let's face it, they're going back to live audiences. They're not going to be able to do a lot of the cinematic stuff they've been doing with her anymore. So they are definitely going to have to scale back on the Alexa Bliss character somehow. Enough to where I could even see her maybe slowly changing back to her other character sooner rather than later.
1: I mean somebody really seems to like this character so, so just to me it seems like they're probably going to stick with it for a while no matter what anybody else thinks of it like I I like her in the role I didn't like the lily thing I didn't like the you know the idea of having the evil doll I thought it was really fucking cheesy but if they just let her have her own little thing where it's just her by herself or you know maybe even incorporating an actual person to be her sort of lackey or minion or whatever, that's fine. But the, the dowel just—it's uh, not cutting
2: Yeah, yeah. It's just—it's just really not. I mean, you know, and you're right. They did and Alex and and Nia went against Alexa Bliss. This was the, I, I believe, the main event, right? No, 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 no. no, no. This wasn't. No, no, no. No, I wasn't. think it
1: was like the end of the first hour, into the second. Hour, yeah, it
2: was. What? It was the the Drew thing was the main event. But I, I'm, I'm, I'm honestly, I again, my notes are very small. Now, I know Nia did challenge Alexa. Now, realize we haven't seen Alexa Bliss compete in close to three months. Right. So Alexa wins. Uh, She won by DQ when Reginald actually pulled Alexa off of Nia as Alexa was pinning Nia. And then Reginald was hypnotized by Alexa. Did you see that, Mark? I just thought they were going to start, like, this was going to lead into some Three Stooges
1: type shit. Cause she uh, moved her head, he moved his head, she moved her head in one direction, he followed. I thought at one point she was just going to bring her hand up and just have him poke himself in the eyes.
2: You know what's funny? I do this with my dog.
1: Oh, yeah, I do it with my dog, too. The,
2: yeah, you go, like The yeah. confused
1: head tilt, a la Kane and like, 98.
2: Yeah, and, and and they'll go back and forth with you. You know, it it it's really fun. But, um... I, I, I this is the stuff they're going to have to start doing now they're not going to be able to do the crazy you know Alexa switching outfits and this and that it's just going to be very bland so they're going to have to really scale back on these uh, cool Alexa Bliss um, you know lights going off and all this kind of crazy stuff scaffolding falling They're not going to be able to do that anymore with live fans all that shit is gone. So it's going to be interesting to see where the Select character goes from here. And um has anyone... D- d- does anyone have a milk carton with Bray Wyatt on it or The Fiend? Anyone? I'm
1: saying... Like, I had honestly... When I got done watching Raw because I was watching the Hulu version, it, like, went to an old episode from a couple months ago because that was the last, like, unwatched episode. And the only reason that I remembered him was that he was in the opening intro. Like, they showed a couple of little clips of him. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. Bray Wyatt's been gone for, like, three months or whenever the end of WrestleMania was.
2: Well, they did that. And then, you know, Alexa did the whole turn thing on him. He did one little, you know, um, uh, uh, the, 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 the Firefly Funhouse thing. And then that was it. He's gone. You haven't seen him. Right. I don't know, man. I mean, that's bad. And then now we got this Jeff Hardy shit where are are we heading towards (laughs) Jeff Hardy inner monologue again? Because I got to tell you, I might be the only one that actually liked the Jeff Hardy inner inner monologue thing.
1: (laughs) Oh, my God. The promo he did with Riddle. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) It was a tour. I have never like, and I have been in plays when I was in middle school and elementary school. And I've gone to like plays for children children's yeah, place, and I have never in my life seen somebody like so clearly reading lines <laughs> Jeff Hart, you know I this is weird coming from me but I think you should listen to your partner Randy Orton and oh. do because he knows what's best and I'm like you have the fucking who's standing there with the cue card
2: dude it it, 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 it was like John Cena was reading the line
1: mm-hmm.
2: it was it was so bad it was so bad. And Riddle kind of had this look on his face like, really, dude? And it, when Riddle has that look on his face, that's pretty bad. That's He's pretty trying
1: bad. so hard.
2: And I, I I, will play the little RKO interaction. I do have that. Uh, we'll play that in a minute here. But um, this Jeff Hardy stuff is just not going to be good. Um, it was Jeff Hardy, John Morrison, and then Cedric Cedric for some reason is out there and says he's being insulted. Well, how the fuck are you being insulted? Challenges Jeff, and Jeff is like, I'll retire on the spot if I lose. And it's like, well, now we know you're not losing.
1: Right. Well, I think he had a match with him like a week or two prior yeah, where he beat him. Jeff Hardy beat Cedric Alexander. So that was where the sort of, I guess, disrespect came from
2: all I know is these guys are literally being just like thrown into the pits of hell, and I'm talking about Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander. They were, they were so good, and right. and and once again, uh, I, I I can't believe how far we have fallen with those two. It's sad. It's just a sad, sad, sad thing. But um, anyway, Jeff Hardy wins. Now, Smart, let's talk about Eva Marie.
1: Eva now This Marie, went a very different direction than what I thought the Internet was going to react to it. Well, I
2: let's be honest here. The thing that annoyed the Internet so much is Eva Marie comes out with Piper Nivens. Mm-hmm. And the announcers treated Piper Nivens like, first of all, like NXT UK does not exist, number one, and treated her like she's just this nobody when she has a name. We know her name. Right. Well,
1: that that's what made me laugh because it was like people were saying, that, like, we're supposed to believe that these people never watched NXT UK. Mm. I was like, you talk about the commentators? Because yes, they never watched NXT UK. I don't think that they're going home and on their leisure time watching NXT UK. Right. No one is. But it just it makes me laugh because it's like, you know, somebody could pass one of them a note. That's like, here's this person. And here's where you might know him from.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I, I, and and you know, and and the more you, who is this person? Oh my God, who is this girl? It's like, we know how, you're ri- talk about insulting the intelligence of your audience. I mean, it's right. 2021. We all have the fucking internet. We know who this girl. You guys actually literally like focused on her in that last, um may young uh, tournament right. they 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 focused on her and now we're just stupid and forget and you know these fans are just dumb and you know they're all just you know uh, oh you know the, the 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 little men in black light pay no attention you don't know who this is we don't have NXT UK you've never seen it um, it I felt bad for her honestly but I guess she's fine with it. Um, Eva never... Well, the,
1: the sort of thing that's surprising, though, is, like, it hasn't happened yet, but, like, you know it's coming. Like, you can see the dynamic that they're building here is at some point they're going to have her end up being the one that's, like, basically female version of Otis. Yes. Where it's, like, it's the attractive girl and she's keeping her around as, for lack of a better word, but I'm also kind of doing this on purpose, I will admit. She's her heavy... (laughs) But you have her coming out here and doing the dirty work. Mm -hmm. And there's the inevitable promo where you're going to catch her just talking about how – She's just like, big, dumb, fat, slob moron. And it's like, you are, like, inevitably, you're going to just set off an internet firestorm. Because that's what I thought was going to happen already, just by the dynamic of it all. And I was reading some comments and, you know, tweets or whatever, and there was people that were just over the moon that she won the match and had, you know, got her moves in, coupled with people that were mad, Naomi lost and all of that. But, like, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's just a matter of time.
2: Well... Piper didn't win the match. Eva Marie did. She declared herself well, yes. the winner. She declared herself the winner. Piper's jumping all over her. Um, yeah, I see this going the same way. She's Eva's going to be like a Chad Gable type of character. Um, she looks great. She, she looks like a goddamn bikini comp, uh, competitor. She's hmm. She really does. Eva Marie is amazing looking. She definitely looks a little bit uh, older, but she is a little bit. But yeah, this was a very strange segment, and this was pretty much the talk of RAW. Um. So. And
1: a fun fact: she is the only person from NXT UK that's been on the main roster. Really. That they like called up to be on the main roster. Yep.
2: That is interesting. We'll see how, well, I guess we'll all see where this rolls to. But uh, we get the RKO versus New Day. That was a good, fun match to watch. Um, But the interaction, once again, between Randy Orton and and Matt Riddle are just hilarity. And getting, some are good, some are bad. But let's go ahead and play this one, Smark.
0: Hey, Randy. Hey, what do you think about Elton John? What? Okay, never mind. Hey, I just wanted to say sorry for last week. I just want you to know I promise I won't let you down tonight, bro. All right, well, do me a favor. Anything. We're out there tonight. Don't try to be another Randy Orton. Just try to be Riddle. Whatever that means. Does that mean you like me?
2: No. Okay, suddenly mm, Riddle is like the girl that really is has a crush on Orton. Does that mean you like, like me, like me? Or do you just like me?
1: Right. I will say it's a great line. Just Hey, Randy, what do you think about Elton John? Like, excuse me? <laughs> what?
2: <laughs> huh? I mean, I would personally like Elton John. Personally, I think he's awesome. I don't know about you, but I do.
1: I like him. And speaking of liking things, and they—they they, unfortunately they had to be them because they had to kill it by putting too much text on it. But that T-shirt that they have, where you essentially have just this cartoon drawing of a snake that looks stoned out of its mind riding a like scooter. It is an incredible t shirt design and had they just left it at that, it would have sold so many fucking units. But they of course had to like put the big logo everywhere and the team yeah. name and this busied it up and made it just this giant mess. But if they would have just left the drawing the cartoon drawing of the snake stoned out of his mind riding a scooter without any other explanation, so many people would have bought that fucking T shirt.
2: Yeah, they they did they, they do overthink sometimes. They they definitely do they definitely do but uh um yeah i mean listen i'm glad the rk bro thing is still going on uh i didn't think it was gonna lose its luster but it's starting to lose its luster already <laughs> um but uh i i, I guess uh, honestly man the last thing like i said the uh, the main event and stuff is all just like regurgitated bullshit at this point um The last thing I wanted to mention was the little thing with... We had a little backstage segment where Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke are in very tight tank tops taking a photo shoot backstage. And Natalia and Tamina are in the practice ring. It's very... very.
1: Yes, this is an interesting layout too. Yeah. This is somewhere presumably backstage, but you have they're doing a photo shoot, so they have all the accoutrement that you would expect from that. But then literally like two feet away from them is a wrestling ring. Mm-hmm. where wrestling is being taking place. Rather you have like Natalia and Tamina are just out there training and then they're trying to do a photo shoot alongside of them. But apparently like Dana and Mandy need absolute silence in order to like put their hands on their hips and puff their back out a little bit.
2: Yes. See, this is what I was wondering. Why would this bother you? You're not recording. This isn't a movie. This isn't a... You're not making a TikTok or Mm. anything. So why... This shouldn't bother you. But the... Some of the things... that, That is,
1: again, an interesting point. Yes. Because if you just follow the logic of this promo... The faces are acting like heels. The heels are acting like faces. The heels are just trying to train and perfect their craft and get better as performers. Like in this kayfabe, like experiment here, the scene that we're talking about. And meanwhile, Dana and Mandy are mad that they're making too much of a noise distraction by wrestling. They're distracting. They're taking the attention away from their photo shoot. And these are, again, supposed to be the good guys or the good mm. girls in the scenario. Yes.
2: Now... I can't do the explanation justice. You, uh, Smart, you're good, but I don't think you're that good. So what we're going to do is play the audio. So right now they're walking up to uh, Tamina and Natalia. Here we go.
1: Excuse me. Hey. Can you keep the
0: noise down a little bit?
1: Sorry, um sorry that our training is interrupting your photo shoot. It's pretty clear to me that you guys care more about how you look in pictures than what you do in the ring.
2: What's that supposed to mean?
1: No offense, but if you put half as much work into your skills
0: as you do your looks, you'd probably be champs by now. You ever think about that?
2: We take things serious. We work hard and we won our match two weeks ago. (laughs) You guys were standing right there. I mean, you
0: should know, but seems to me like someone's a little jealous jealous that those titles will look better around these
1: weeks? Neither one of you are going to be champion here because your priorities are all wrong. There's a difference between working hard and working smart, and it's pretty clear to me that it wasn't your brains (laughs) that opened up doors for you here. Oh, that's funny
0: because I'm pretty sure that either one of you, if you didn't have the last names that you do, those doors would have slammed shut on you
2: both years ago. Okay, if that's how you really feel, then come on in. Show me what the real deal. All right, like a cat fight here, Mark, and then they actually get in the ring and have a little impromptu match. Um, now Natty saying uh, anything about anyone's tits is uh, ironic mm-hmm. because Natty's boobs are—they defy gravity.
1: Yes, sort of
2: cartoonishly fake. As does Mandy's. As does Dana's. These are three girls with gravity-defying breasts. Uh, wonderful, en- wonderful breasts. I will say. And
1: en- enhancement talents.
2: En- enhancement, indeed. Um, I just thought it was funny how catty they got. Where Natty was like, obviously, it wasn't your, you know, your, your, your talent that got you in here. Basically, saying it was your boobs. Yep. Look, this is very
1: much like out of like early to mid 2000s women's wrestling in WWE, where it's like at any point you expected there to be like a bitch slap and then some hair pulling and rolling around and the referee gets tangled in it somehow.
2: Yeah. And then Mandy with the line, you know, if you're, you know, basically your last names are why you're in the business and blah, blah, blah. So anyway, yeah. Um...
1: Yeah, you didn't grind it out on the scene like Mandy Rhodes did or yeah. Mandy Rose did. I remember seeing her at a couple of GCW shows.
2: Mandy Rose was a Tough Enough contestant, if you remember. Um, I remember.
1: Oh, yes, yeah, so she did pay her dues. Uh, she, Sarah Lee. I,
2: she was behind. Definitely Sarah Lee beat her out that year, which uh, people were very upset about. Um, But uh, I liked Sarah Lee. I actually wanted her to win.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I did, I did, I did. But uh, there you go. That right there is Raw. Now, Smark, I am thankful to hear that according to uh, Mr. Zarian on uh, Mat Man Podcast, that luckily, Smark, they're saving a lot of the good creative stuff for when the when the crowds are back. So, expect a big turnaround. He, uh, you, we read how excited they were, Mark. They're excited. They don't usually put these these bits of information out, but the excitement made them do it. So wait till... Which is
1: another way of getting themselves into a corner because you're already saying, as soon as we're out in front of live crowd, it's going to be better. So like now you're already adding undue pressure to yourself, just unnecessary pressure.
2: Well... Yeah. Plus the fact that I don't see where there's going to be a change. They're still writing for the same guy. They're still, everything is still the same. You cannot, once again, smart, the definition of insanity is literally doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different outcome. Right. Right. So you're still writing for the same guy. You're still doing the same thing. It's still the same show. It's still the same people. There's nothing's going to change. I'm sorry. I'm not as optimistic as uh, Mr. Uh, Matt Men over there. I'm not that optimistic. I don't think anything's going to change. If it does, I'll be very happy. I'll be happy to be wrong on this. But I don't see it happening. We hear this. How many times have we heard this? Oh, they're going to do a big shakeup. Oh, they're going to do a big change. Oh, the authority! Remember when they told us they were going to listen to the uh, listen to the universe? Yeah, what happened to all that? So, no, nothing's going to change. They're still writing for an old fuddy duddy who is out of touch with the current culture, and will be, and always will be. So, anything else?
1: No, I mean, that's kind of the old familiar dance. They're, they're, they're not going to live up to the standard that they set for themselves, and there's not going to be any consequences because of it. A, a quick note that I wanted to mention from Raw. Mm-hmm. At one point, Xavier Woods told MVP that he had to hurry up and get home so that he could put water in his mother's dish, <laughs> which is a callback to Chappelle's show, the player-hater's ball skit, that I just had to give a tip of a hat to because I really appreciated that reference.
2: There you go. Oh, right. I didn't even catch that. I I, I, I saw that one, but again, I'm... eh.
1: Because, like, basically the whole promo was just MVP telling Kofi that Woods is dead weight and he's the reason why Kofi's not successful anymore and so on and so forth, which they're kind of trying to set up the the, the idea that you think that Kofi's going to turn, but that probably is going to end up leading to Woods turning, which...
2: Could be kind of interesting. You know, I was—I was, I was going to actually. I'm glad you mentioned that because you kind of reminded me. I think it's going to end up being Woods too, which kind of just brings us right back to the whole thing with Cedric, and I don't know. It just makes it all seem like it, it's a rehash again.
1: It's the same thing. For sure, but it's gonna, I feel like there's gonna be different results just because it's more advantageous for them for Woods to be successful because his face is all over just many different things. He has the YouTube channel, he's on G4, like it's just way more beneficial for them to have somebody that they're actually doing something with and pushing as a big deal to be on all those you know media platforms and avenues and things like that.
2: Yeah, all right, that makes sense. Yeah, you're right. He is. He is more of a face for the company. You're right. You're right. So, All right. Glad you brought that up. We can wrap up on that right there. I'm uh, I'm good to get out of here. I'm going to go ahead and hit the take your drunken ass home. Ooh, I still have a beer, and I got to piss like a motherfucker. So let's go ahead and get this music going. And, of course, I want you guys to check out cheese man mojo and G. whiz that's right those are the high marks over there you want to be checking them out where mixler.com metal mitt network that's right there's two t's and mitt you want to be checking them out 8 30 p.m eastern time sunday nights and of course bobby anthem bobby blades the inhumans over there the inhuman experience go subscribe binge listen you will not be disappointed go ahead and check out those guys over there once again the Inhuman experience and of course everything unscripted wrestling podcast go out and check those guys out over there on all the usual podcast platforms and blog talk radio eric doug and daniel great guys they have me on all the time and i definitely appreciate it and of course speaking of appreciating we appreciate old Steve Milan over there sharing the show letterboxd.com slash Stephen Milan two L's in Milan. He's over there reviewing films. And of course, if you want to find a stitcher, iHeart, Spotify, anchor, YouTube, TuneIn, player FM, anywhere you find good podcasts, you can find a smart that's right.
1: Mondays, 8:30 in the Metal Mint Podcast Network. Cheese on Sports. Sundays, 10:30 a.m. Mo Dirk City Machine Guns with Mojo with Dirk and last but never least. Be sure to check out our friends at Planet Tour. This is the Planet Wreck onto a podcast with Bobby Anthem, Papa Dave, Sincere, Yuck Nasty. Season 2 is here. Episode 1 dropped this week. It's got three new stories for you to check out. The time has arrived, so rejoice. And still go ahead and subscribe for the rest of Season 2.
2: All right, there you go. And just a quick warning, either... Probably in a couple weeks I am going to need a day, a, a, a show or two off, just to... Uh, Finish the move, get moved, get set up, all that stuff. So be prepared. Might be taking maybe a full week off, maybe just one night off, either probably a Friday off. Um, I don't know when the last time I missed a Wednesday was. Jesus Christ. Uh, So, all right. That is it. So we will see you. I will let you know before we uh, take off, obviously, let you know the little programming change. And definitely want to thank the chat room, always coming on and joining us, keeping this show a rolling and steaming along. And anyone who downloads this show, much appreciated. Smart Friday. That's when we yes, come. Sir. That's when we come back. So you know what? Friday. See you. Adios.
0: Go home. It's time to take your drunk and ass home, It's all right up. Uh, if you don't know what to do with yourself.